Before Sarah discovered ChumbaCasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot. And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah often thinks about the old boring Sarah. Yes. And wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. We were created by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Mic Drop, the podcast where relevancy is irrelevant and we don't give a shit about your feelings. Ladies and gentlemen, it's both an honor and a pleasure to bring to you my next podcast guest. She is a soon-to-be mother, a functional medicine physician specializing in muscle-centric medicine. She uses evidence-based medicine with cutting-edge science to restore metabolism, balance hormones, and optimize body composition. She attended the Arizona College of Osteopathic Medicine and is a board certified in family practice. She completed her research fellowship in nutritional science and geriatrics at Washington University. She's a national semifinalist in Fitness America, a professional fitness model, and a nationally ranked figure competitor. She's a true healer disguised as a medical doctor, and goddammit, she knows more about what I ate this morning than I do. <laughs> Welcome. Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. I, uh, I know you guys came from halfway across the country, and uh, I cannot thank uh, you guys enough for taking the time out to come here, so I appreciate you making the trip. Love Dallas. Yeah. You, you guys, Love the dogs. Dogs are amazing. Yeah. You guys gave, gave a little tour of the kennel, and uh, so they got to see the retired dogs and uh, everything going on here at Tricos and Warrior Dog, so... I always like to show everybody kind of the, the full experience here because it is a bit of a unique place to record as compared to at least everywhere where I've done a, an interview. So uh, we try to try to give people the full experience and maybe even fire up the barbecue here later. But um, We better because I'm pregnant. Yeah, that's right. Eating for two, right? So I always like to start off with a little bit of a lightning round of ridiculous questions. So uh, my first one is, what's the craziest shit you've ever seen go down at Walmart? <laughs> Hmm, well, the sizes, yeah. actually, of some of the individuals <laughs> yeah. are beyond supersize, and yeah. the size of the clothing. Yeah, it's more like a tent. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, never, I've never seen that before. Yeah, that's one thing about rural Texas is, uh, I, I can't imagine in Manhattan there's a whole lot of, I mean, there's some weird shit going on, but the, uh, the stuff that takes place at the Walmarts in Texas are, uh, are legendary. I'm, I'm convinced about half of the ridiculous stuff you see on the internet the uh, people of walmart comes from texas but uh what's your favorite 90s rap song ice ice baby is that right yeah <laughs> that's the only one i can remember but yeah <laughs> you're not a, not a rap fan not not super surprised uh what do you love most about america our freedom our safety our ability to speak what we want to think what we want 
and the capacity for impacting our fellow Americans is immense. Yeah, that's a great answer. And I, uh, I always like to, you know, have either a gratitude question or, or something about this country. I think uh, no different than, say, civics classes that seem to get lost on our kids nowadays. Um, you know, I think it's important to talk about what we appreciate, what we're grateful for. And, uh, you know, it's refreshing to, to hear to hear you hold hold those things true. Obviously, with you being a, a nutrition and fitness professional, I've got to know what your favorite cheat meal is. Does ground beef count? Hell yeah. <laughs> Anything. Do you not eat a lot of ground beef? I do. I eat a lot. Well, until I got pregnant. Yeah. And the first trimester is rough. Yeah. I would say if I could have any cheat meal, I would probably eat a bag of trail mix. Mm. Doesn't really count as cheating, but... Like the uh, traditional gorp or like a special special kind? The raw trail mix. Oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> that does it for We're you. Really, really amateur hour yeah. over here. <laughs> that is kind of surprising. I, I, thought, I thought it'd be a little more uh, Exciting? refined than that. Nope. But I mean, hey, whatever whatever floats your boat, right? Uh, what is, and this is the, the question I ask everybody, uh, in terms of your morning routine. Now, granted, in light of recent events of uh, being with child, I'm curious, like, what's the, the not pregnant normal morning routine and then and then the pregnant normal routine? This is interesting. There's only one thing that has changed really? with pregnancy. I wake up early, 5.45, and I meditate. Mm-hmm. And that is a 20-minute meditation. Following the meditation, I go, I have a big red light. I have a juve light. Really? And it's, uh, it's infrared and red, and it's photobiomodulation. Helps with mitochondria. I sit in front of it. Helps my eyesight. During that time, I write what I'm grateful for. That was pre-pregnancy. Yeah. Now that I'm pregnant, I write a letter or a few sentences to my child. Really? Yeah. That is awesome. Is, is it kind of like, uh, so you'll have like a journal that you'll uh-huh. give to them? That's right. It's, yeah. That's really cool. Right by my bed. So yeah. when they want to know what it was like yeah. <laughs> while they were <laughs> in awesome. my belly. And then yeah. I call Shane. Yeah. And we talk about what the plan of action for the day is. Yeah. From that point, so from 5.45 to say, you know, 7 o'clock mm-hmm. or, or thereabout, once that takes place, are you a workout or pre-workout? Yeah. Eat? Can you walk us through that? I, I fast in the morning. So not so pre-pregnancy, I would fast till 1 or 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. In the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. And now being pregnant, you cannot do that. Yeah. And uh, so I'll have some kind of cracker or food. It changes every third day because you can't eat the same thing yeah. and get sick. You know? yeah. I would say you know what I mean, but... I've I've been witness <laughs> yeah. to that more than once, so yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm well versed in the uh, morning sickness routine for sure. <laughs> so but, that's a good one. Yeah, and then I train. I kettlebell train in the morning. And that's yourself. I train with someone named Melissa Paris. Oh, okay. Who specializes? Actually, she happens to specialize in pregnancy, really? but. It's not why I started training with yeah. her. She's just an expert in kettlebells. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the are you a multiple workout per day type of person? I used to be. Yeah. I was easily doing. easily twice a day. Yeah. You know, I stopped competing a long time ago, but I still loved training. Yeah. And have trained my whole life. Yeah. I, I'm I'm curious, and we'll get into kind of the, the the intricacies in in terms of you know how how much protein you take in and macros and how soon after you work out and all that. But uh, in terms of that morning routine, are do you then, uh, after your, your kettlebell routine, which is about how long? An hour. An hour. That's a, shit, that's a long workout. It does involve swinging. Have you seen the TRX? I oh, yeah. now have the new exercise yeah. where you just swing back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, 
So an hour kettlebell, do you do you eat in a, a certain amount of time after after that workout? Or if I was not pregnant, I wouldn't. Yeah, there is evidence to suggest that you have more benefit, oftentimes for women who eat closer after their workout. Yeah, and the other question is why wouldn't you mm-hmm. eat? Sure. In terms of muscle hypertrophy, and you've now increased blood flow to the muscle, yeah. so you give your muscle nutrients. Yeah. The other aspect of that is fasting. I tend to fast, so I don't eat after I work out. Right. But now that you're pregnant even? I eat, yes. Yeah. I have to eat every hour. Yeah, Jesus. Tell me about it. Yeah. Is, are you really particular in terms of what that is, or is it? I don't have a choice. Yeah. So you have like all these boxes that you have to check that uh, you're making sure that you're getting X, Y, and Z type stuff? Yeah. yeah. It was really interesting. So when I don't eat, I become incredibly nauseous. Really? Almost non-functional. Huh. And I'm someone who would go easily 16 to 18 hours without eating. No problem. I would eat in a time-restricted window, six to eight hours. Now, I can have one kind of food, yeah. and then an hour later, it should be something different. Okay. So, I guess in terms of how you break that down with uh, carbs versus fat versus protein, and we'll get further into it, but do you... Do you focus very heavy on that in terms of post-workout or your meals in general? Or is it now that you're pregnant, is it less that way? I can't. Yeah. It's really interesting. There's an aversion to protein. Really? During pregnancy for many, many women. Yeah. Myself included. So not not all women, just some. Yeah. Yeah. And it's common. So I went from being largely carnivore. Yeah. And I joked about this previously to carbivore. (laughs) Or borderline vegan almost. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. There's there's so much to the hormone component, and I've got you know a number of questions, both that I've ginned up and other people have sent, uh, knowing that you're coming on that I'm excited to get into. But uh, I always like to provide a little bit of background on on each guest so that uh, people can kind of relate and know where they're coming from. So as many questions as we ha- as I have uh, in terms of some of the functional aspects of what you do for a living. Uh, I won't spend too much time, but uh, I would. I am curious to know, just from a background standpoint, where where are you originally from? Chicago. Really? Yeah. Did Did you grow up there the, your whole childhood and all? I that? moved when I was. I graduated high school early, mm-hmm. and I moved to Hawaii. Oh, really? Yeah, at seventeen. But previously, most of my time, all my time. My residence was in Chicago or a suburb of Chicago. Yeah. And uh, family-wise, uh, siblings or? Yeah, I have a sister. Yeah. She's amazing. She's actually um, a criminology professor. Oh, really? Uh-huh. You guys are real underachievers in your family. Yeah? She uh, went to Penn, speaks yeah. uh, Chinese. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Is that uh, for fun or does that uh, factor into her work at all? It Well, she applied to the FBI. Oh, okay. She ended up not going, yeah. but uh, then... Did completed graduate work. Yeah, is she younger or older? She's younger. Does she uh, is she into working out and nutrition? She is at all. Or she no? is. It's it's an, it's a natural thing for her. Yeah. Is does that stem from your parents at all? Like were were your folks that way or? Yes, they were. Uh, my dad went to Wharton, mm-hmm. graduated top of his class, up for Rhodes Scholar. So business guy, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. A little bit crazy. A lot crazy. <laughs> yeah. He was a champion wrestler, oh, all-American really? wrestler. Oh, okay. Pretty interested in nutrition. Same with my mom. We yeah. were very active growing up. Yeah. Did uh, Was there an element of you guys like having certain elements of nutrition and, and work ethic as it relates to, to physical performance that were instilled? Like, Did you, did you work out with your parents and stuff like that? 
my dad is a guy of the land. Yeah. Growing up, we hiked and camped and ported canoes miles on end. By the time I was five, I was riding 25 miles on a bike. Really? Uh-huh. Good God. Yeah. At five? Yeah. <laughs> in Chicago, no less. Yeah, or, in the suburbs. Around, around you know, like the, there's the little bike yeah. paths. I yeah. mean, of course, we would take breaks. Yeah. But, I mean. 25 miles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least that's what he tells me. He could yeah. be lying. <laughs> yeah. But we were always very, very active and certainly yeah. disciplined. Yeah. Did you play, you or your sister play any organized sports growing up? Uh, yes. I ran track, did dance, gymnastics, soccer. Yeah. My sister was a a track athlete and then she also did martial arts did you did you focus uh, any heavier on any one one sport or or not or did you just kind dance of dance really yeah. Uh, yeah did that lead into anything going into high school or, or further so i danced in high school yeah. and then when i went to college i started doing fitness america oh okay so uh, forgive my uh, my ignorance on the fitness. No, I'm America, so embarrassed to even be talking about it. <laughs> I guess for, first question is from a dance standpoint, like traditional ballet kind of dance. No, or? no, no. It was a mix between dance and gymnastics. Oh, okay. So which leads into I guess the next question is the fitness America. Like there is kind of a dance element yeah. to that, right? It almost seems like it's kind of a modified floor routine yeah, gymnastics exactly. wise a little bit. Exactly what it is. To me, that like I've always been absolutely fascinated by gymnasts, um, both men. And, and women and, and, and their perspective, uh, you know, strengths in each uh, element of, of how it relates to gymnastics. And to me, like, I, I really can't think of a, of a sport that uh, is a better display of body to weight ratio strength yeah. and, and the control of your own body than, than that. I mean, it's the, the capabilities, uh, you know, that gymnasts have is, is staggering. I mean, it makes me honestly want to slap my parents for not putting me in gymnastics growing up. You're welcome, George and Sandy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, I love you. But you would have been mad if they put you in ballet. Well, I just have a feeling. Yeah, maybe. I, I probably wouldn't be sitting here doing a mic drop as a former SEAL. That's probably a, a good, good assumption. But all right. So I am curious um, in terms of the transfer, the crossover from high school and, and kind of, you know, that, that critical point in a child's life where they decide this is what I want to do for a living. How can you walk us through that, that process yeah. mentally? So I've always been really competitive. Anyone that knows me will know that that is very true, yeah. including Shane yeah. sitting over there. I don't try <laughs> yeah. to be competitive with the seal, but yeah. I do it. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, I graduated early because I wanted freedom. Mm. I wanted some time. I moved to Hawaii and then I started training because I had a lot more time running, weightlifting. That's really when that started for me. And that was at 17. Yeah. I knew going into college what my major would be. And that was and is nutritional sciences. I spent a year in Limerick at the National Coaching and Training Center hmm. where they trained their Olympic athletes. Oh, really? And it was at that moment that I realized... And this was really early on in college that I wanted to get back into competitive yeah. something. Mm -hmm. And I saw on TV, have you ever seen those obstacle courses? This was before Spartan, you know, oh, yeah. the Spartan races. Yeah. You know, they had the Galaxy or they yeah. had those obstacle courses. Yeah. And I saw that on TV and I said, oh, I can do that. And then the next day there was Fitness America. And, I, and I'm sitting in Ireland in my little cubby hole where they put the <laughs> students. Yeah. And I saw, I said, I can do that. And then... When I came home, that was it. Yeah. You cannot change my mind. 
And so it was just full speed ahead at that Full point. speed ahead. My routine, it was risky business. So <laughs> really? I came out, slid across the, the, the floor. underwear and socks. Oh, yeah, totally. I was like, wow, I hope I really don't slide off the floor. Yeah. So uh, where were you at that point? Like once you moved, moved back, where did you move back to? You know, I went to University of Illinois, okay. Champaign-Urbana. And so doing that while you were doing the, the fitness thing, can you uh, kind of talk about the fitness routines? Like what, what went into that at that time? Because this is what, in the, in the late 90s? Yeah. Or? Um, so, you know, you to, no one was doing it. Yeah. So I had to hire and I knew that I was going to go to medical school mm-hmm. and that takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. I was studying full time and I'm not the smartest person in the world. So my effort has to be extra. Yeah. Physics. I don't have a proclivity yeah. to physics. Yeah. So well, I would you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> nor math, yeah. even though my dad was a mathematician. Yeah. I studied extra and then I recruited someone who'd been a gymnast to help put together this routine and I would practice that you know 45 minutes every day and that would then on top of that train and go to school it was really a full-time job and I had no idea what I was doing I was eating remember metrics oh yeah, yeah I was eating metrics bars yeah, back in the zone the early zone yeah days, right? oatmeal with frozen broccoli and crystal light on it <laughs> it was brutal looking back now I'm thinking oh man yeah so I was dieting, very disciplined, taking the hardest classes that I've taken even to date, yeah. and training. Was the aside from the um, the routine training of of you know focusing on and, and practicing that forty five minute kind of choreographed routine? Was the the supplemental training largely weight based or it was gymna- it was weight, weight based? Uh, and someone programmed that. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a typical bodybuilding routine. Yeah. And then it was another hour and a half of cardio. Talk about overtraining. Mm-hmm. We learned from experience, and I had none. Yeah. Well, you can only learn, right? <laughs> uh, if, you, if you have nothing. I, I mean, I, I think back to um, you know that that same time in my life. I mean, I graduated buds in '97, and and uh, you know was a pretty scrawny kid growing up, and so I had that same mentality of like I looking back on it now like Jesus I wish I I knew half of what I know now back then but I I was over I was killing myself and especially as as a slider built guy in in high school like the you know I really had muscle and fitness to go off of that was about the extent of of the knowledge or like I think Arnold had his encyclopedia bodybuilding out by then or whatever but uh yeah I mean just looking back on it it's it's crazy I wonder though if and I'm curious to get your take on this 20 years from now, are we going to look back to now and be like, God, I can't believe we were doing that shit. You know, I don't know. It seems as if we have so much more access to information. Yeah. We're so much wiser now. You can pick up your phone and know a thousand times more than we ever did in the past. Yeah. Yeah, You're not, not hanging out with the Dewey decimal system at the library (laughs) trying to figure shit out. Hope not. Yeah. God, I hope not. So was there a, uh, a specific motivator uh, other than just being competitive and, and seeing that on TV one, uh, that one time? Was, it, was there anything, you know, that kind of just sparked, uh, you know, in, internally um, for you that, that led you to, to that as a lifestyle? I love discipline mm-hmm. and I love executing excellence. Yeah. No matter what that is. Once I make a decision that this is going to be the target, mm-hmm. I stop at nothing. Yeah. Well, no wonder you guys get along so well, right? <laughs> Who, Shane and yeah, I? Like male and female, uh, <laughs> yeah, clones of one another almost. 
uh, I mean, that's a good fit. I mean, to me, like uh, part of a, a big part of a relationship and, and whether it's, you know, a, a romantic relationship, you know, with friends, coworkers, whatever people, you know, your circle of five or your tribe, whatever, you, you know, catchphrase you want to use, you know, like you got to push each other and have, have similar drives or, or it just doesn't work. So, you know, when we seems- first met and started dating, I would be up easily, I want to say four forty-five, five yeah. o'clock. Yeah. I would put in three hours of work before his lazy ass ever got up. <laughs> you and I got that in common because uh, the older I get, the more I enjoy not getting up early. I don't know what it is. Like I, I'll stay up till two or three in the morning, but uh, you know, I, I, I if I don't have to get out of bed before eight, I'm you know that's that's my my jam, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I've just kind of always been that way. I'm happy to stay up later and sleep later, but. As you're going through school and, and competing and, and doing all this, what were what were the next steps that kind of took you from from that? And if, if you could kind of share some of the com- competition stories uh, and, and kind of chrono from from then into uh, kind of where you're at today. When I started competing, like we mentioned earlier, I had no idea what I was doing. I was really disaster zone yeah. all around. I went to find help from people that had been doing it. Yeah. And they were, remember the gladiators? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, well, it's like the Titan game, yeah. whatever it is now, yeah. Yeah, we have a, a really great friend, Kara Killian, who just competed oh, in really? the Titan game. She's oh, that's amazing. Cool. That's awesome. So I found other competitors that had done it, really yeah. more old school, and I got mentorship from them. There was a great one, Beth Horn. She was one of the gladiators. Uh, yeah, I, she's been. She did a lot of advertisements, right, for uh, like fitness products yeah, and stuff. Yeah, she did. Blonde, yes. Yeah. Wow, good memory. Yeah. Well, that's one one thing I have for yeah. some reason. I remember shit that I don't need to remember. But she she is an amazing human yeah. being, and she helped prep me for some of my competitions. Yeah. Started competing locally. I did Milwaukee Regional. I did a couple very local uh, competitions and won. And I remember one of my first ones when I was in Milwaukee Regional, and this was for Fitness America. So in order to get to the big stage, you have to win multiple little ones. Yeah. And I remember one where I won... like it was miscongeniality or something, <laughs> one of like the nice, be friendly yeah. to other people. Yeah. Yeah. And then I won the show yeah. and it was great. That's cool. And that kind of took me to Fitness America after doing multiple little ones. Yeah. So one thing I'm, I'm curious, just because I don't know really much about that, um, th- these competitions, are they... Are, are they judged similarly to, say, figure skating, where it's just... Yeah, it's it, all subjective. So it's totally the judge's it's, it's call. It's totally yeah. subjective. I, I'm assuming there's politics in it all as well. All politics. Yeah. And if I had known what I know now, I likely would have gone a different route of competition. Yeah. But yeah, can't really change yeah. my mind. That was probably a good, uh, good learning experience. It was amazing. Those. And then I went down and uh, competed at the Nationals as a rookie, and I placed 12th. Wow. And when I was done with that, I said, that's it. I'm moving over to figure, which is more bodybuilding. And these are sports that are incredibly subjective. And typically, the better you do in these sports, the unhealthier you become. Sure. Is there an element of, on on the female side, similarly on the male side, where people are just doing crazy shit? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give me some, or give us some examples of like some of the crazier shit that you've seen people do to... I mean, lots of eating disorders... 
a lot of smoking. Really? Yeah. Like to, to, to stay, stay lean. Yeah. Whatever they could do to suppress their appetite, drug use, yeah. whether it was cocaine or other drugs. Yeah. And of course, I didn't know this at the time. Mm-hmm. I was so naive. I was thinking to myself, gosh, yeah. how is this girl so fucking jacked? <laughs> right? Are you, I am late, so scrawny. Yeah. Are you late teens, early 20s? Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Early 20s. <laughs> and then throughout it, I still wondered. I was really naive to yeah. that whole experience because I was full-time in school and not in the scene socially. Yeah. So I, I guess the the curiosity in me, you know, I'm wondering, and, I, and I'm sure the listeners are, did did that uh, have an impact, I'm assuming, that kind of drove you to, to move past it? at yeah. that point and then so so from there where did you go from figure from fitness america i went to figure and that's really a slippery slope yeah. because it is the discipline and the behavior is very addictive so it's like going from marijuana to heroin yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> you strive to become better and then it shifts your perspective from performance mm-hmm. there's no routine yeah. to it, when I was doing it, there was no routine to then strictly physical judgment. Just straight aesthetics. Yeah. yeah. So, so for that, I mean, there's there's essentially no functionality then, right? No. And so at that point, your your workouts go from more gymnastics routines to more straight up like heavy deadlifts and like just trying to pack on as much muscle as possible. And symmetry and shape. It was all these things. Yeah. Uh, the dieting is extreme. Can you, can you give me some examples of that? Because one thing I, whether it's back then, I mean, I don't know if, if you know how they're doing it now, but what, what are some examples of that that extreme nature that, that people would eat? I mean, is it like restricting fat to the point? Talking about eight to 1,200 calories a day. Jesus. With two and a half hours of training. Now, this is, I can't speak to what's happening now. I, I've been out of the game for yeah. a long time. Yeah. I can tell you my experience was probably 15, 12 to 1500 calories a day. And I was training two and a half hours. That's not a lot. And, and is that sustained or, or are you going through like the bulking for eight weeks and no, cutting for three? No, for me it was, and it wouldn't just be eight weeks or 12 weeks. It was a year of competing. Nonstop. Nonstop. I was 8% body fat, 8 to 9% body fat when I was competing. And um, would, would that have a similar impact like as gymnasts where like it affects your hormones and cycle and all that? I wouldn't get my period. Yeah. I couldn't sleep. Would you get sick and joint pain and stuff a lot during that time? Or yeah, yeah. But you're so locked in; it doesn't matter. Yeah, you just push through it. Yeah, man. I mean that. Uh, I mean it's, it's, um, it sounds as brutal brutal as it is from the sounds of it. But uh, how long did you do the uh, the figure stuff? Gosh, I did that probably five years. Wow. Any any permanent. Negative, no. nothing. No, I'm knocked up. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess, for, you know, joint joint pain no. or nothing made a full it's, recovery. It's interesting. Then I decided to do more functional training. And as you can imagine, the Fitness America and the bodybuilding style training didn't do much for yeah. my functionality. Yeah. So, of course, I decided to jump right into CrossFit. Yeah. And then train for Mark Devine's Kokoro. Yeah. Really bad idea. <laughs> yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah, really competitive. Tore my right hamstring of bulls, did 80%. Jesus. Tore both labrums and the other hamstring. Yeah. Broke my shoulder and tore the right one. So pretty much threw yourself through a tree shredder. 
Correct. In essence. I probably should have stopped when things really started hurting. Yeah. But so what, what was, was it just a, a competitive drive that, yeah. was, that was the whole reason yeah. for doing it? Where, where did that go from? So you go from uh, fitness to figure and then figure to CrossFit and, and mm-hmm. doing the Kokoro stuff. At what point did you have kind of a, an epiphany and say, holy shit, I need to balance my, my stuff out? Was it when you got hurt? Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't walk. And so from, from that point, uh, how, how did you get from there to kind of where, where you're at now? And this is just uh, athletic-wise. Keep mm-hmm. in mind, the entire time I did two years of residency in psychiatry, mm-hmm. three years in family medicine, and then a two-year fellowship at WashU. Oh, wow. So that, that whole, whole time was happening at the same time? At the same time, At the same yeah. time, Jesus. Did you sleep? Not much. Not, not much? Like three hours a night? Mm-hmm. A little bit more, and then you get pregnant, and you have to sleep. Yeah. yeah. What happened was, I when I tore my hamstring, when I avulsed this one, it popped. So yeah. it snapped off the bone, or 80% off the bone. I was in a forced rest, and there was no other way to stop me. Did you have to have surgery for that? I didn't want to have surgery. Instead, I did two and a half years of stem cell. Really? And that, with that the day? best guy in the country, Brian Scheipel. If anyone out there is listening who is needs... Down in Houston? He is in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. He does a lot of military operators. Can, uh, can you repeat his name? Brian Scheipel. Scheipel. How do you spell that? S-H-I-P-L-E. He teaches around the world okay. what he does. Sweet. I mean, I'm, I'm beat to shit. Oh, uh, he would do it for you. Yeah. He, he offered to do Shane as well. Oh, that's awesome. For the military, he offers his time, much like I do for my own military, for my own yeah. medical practice. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. That's good, good info. And we'll probably, not probably, we'll put some links for everybody listening. All the stuff that we talk about, uh, products we've got, uh, we'll have show notes that uh, annotates all this stuff. But uh, that's, that's great stuff. So that, uh, that healed you up. I, you Two know, and a half years. He really said I overachieved. Yeah. Well, so I'm assuming that because it was 80 and not 100, that, that that's why you had the ability to mm-hmm. not do it and you could regrow it from there. Because yeah. I, I just tore my left tricep 100% back in uh, October. I had surgery in November and I've got full range of motion you know, back in it now. But uh, but I, I had to have surgery for it. Um, but uh, they did the PRP treatment mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and they did it in my other elbow just because I, I assumed if one tour than the other one's probably not far behind Smart. but uh you know they they feel pretty good now so i've been taking a lot of the the collagen that we'll talk about and right. i'm assuming that helps but it does and with that i actually failed six or eight prps oh really mm-hmm. and then they went to stem cell yeah and that i mean that progression is is fairly new because of legislation mm-hmm. right um I, I know stem cells gets kind of a bad rap but some of the not if they harvest it out of your own body yeah is that, is that what you had done? Oh, yeah. So since we're talking about it, I, I will just dive right in, is that I know some places harvest it from like infant cord blood, and are you saying you, you'd recommend against that? I, I'm not an expert in stem cell. Mm-hmm. I can tell you my experience that they harvested from my own fat cells. Yeah, and that did the trick though, right? Yes, it's so painful. What? If you don't have a ton of body fat, yeah. it's very hard for them to get, and they can nick your muscle. It's yeah. What was the recovery time like from, how many treatments did you have and how long did it take for, for that to? Long time. I had easily six to eight, I can't remember exactly, PRPs. Mm-hmm. And then I had another six stem cell treatments. Wow. And how, what was the course? Each, each recovery is 12 weeks. Jesus. So this was several, two yeah. and a half years? Yeah. Yeah. 
And sometimes I would train earlier, keep trying to train earlier, yeah. tear it a little bit. Yeah. He'd come back in and say, what the yeah. fuck did you do? <laughs> yeah, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Yeah. Since you enjoy the procedure so much, <laughs> we'll do it again. Um, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. It and works. I, yeah. The the guy that you recommend, is that something where um, I'm assuming you have to go to him? And, you do. Yeah. With the military, he does. The military oftentimes flies him out. Oh, okay. And so he has kind of like a... Like a, a mobile clinic kind of thing, or um, I don't know. Did they, they do? They set him up. Yeah. Sometimes he doesn't know where he's going. Yeah. He really is the best, and he is very good to the military. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. That's good and stuff. if people call to schedule with him, they should definitely tell him yeah. that they're military. Okay. Well, so you heard it heard it here, folks. <laughs> if, uh, if you're in the military, uh, or even if you're not, and you want stem cell, then uh, by God, he uh, is the best. He's the guy. So. Um, all right, so I've got a, a ton of notes. Uh, they're all kind of—I wouldn't say all over the place, but uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not breaking them down into categories. But there's a, a million questions of just kind of different things that I'd love to get your your expertise on. Uh, starting with just from a nutritional standpoint, and I know you know we could spend a week talking about nutrition as as kind of a broad spectrum um, component, but. Uh, and I know, I, I know enough about nutrition to know that it's very similar to dog training in that almost every one of my answers starts with, well, it fucking depends, uh-huh. you know, like there's a lot of factors that are going to, that are going to dictate your answer, but, um, that's a great perspective. Yeah. I was looking at some of the questions that people had posted yeah. and a lot of that answer is, is exactly what you said. Yeah. It depends. It depends on someone's baseline age. nutrition yeah. their training volume their yeah. training age yeah their blood work yeah and, and same with dog it's like you know it depends on the breed the age of the dog you know the environmental nerve the the drive it has uh, you know what they're uh you know not just driven i mean there's a million things but uh which which i twinkies are off yeah. the plan <laughs> no what all right this interview's over um <laughs> i saw that stash in there yeah i'm well, totally kidding that's for my kids <laughs> No, that's is. what they all say. Yeah. No, that's for me. Who am I kidding? Uh, but I am curious from a, from just kind of a, a thirty thousand foot view nutrition breakdown. Uh, you know, everybody wants to know, you know, which is better, paleo or keto. And again, it's like, well, fuck. What is your what is your goal, and where are you at now? But could you kind of synopsize the four that I have written down? Because from my perspective, they seem to kind of get the most attention: is paleo, zone, keto, and blood type. Okay. Um, if you could just kind of walk people through your recommendations you or, bet. or whatever. Zone is a safe bet for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a 40-30-30, 40% carbohydrates, 30% protein, 30% fat. The lab that I came out of and who I trained under, Dr. Donald Lehman from the University of Illinois, did a lot of the early research mm-hmm. on the zone oh, okay. with women who had issues with losing weight, postmenopausal women, which probably is not a huge population listening to this oh I, you'd be I'm, surprised okay no, great oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there are there's some but it's a great starting point for everybody yeah everybody new or well-trained athlete you typically can't go wrong because it's very easy to navigate higher carb and lower carb higher protein lower protein on those yeah. things is it safe to to lump it into the category of a retard proof yeah and and b um more forgiving like mm-hmm. you can kind of you have more uh more right and left flanks to make mistakes without having drastic uh impedance on your metabolism on, yeah. okay. of course that depends on the overall caloric intake yeah. if you run calories too low mm-hmm. for a long period of time your body will 
rise up against you if yeah. you're at an 800 calorie diet. Yeah. Then that's going to be a problem. What uh, What are the quickest uh, manifestations, problem at or problem wise, of rest- restricted calories? Like what What are people most people going to see first if they know, like, okay, I'm I'm treading on uh, on thin ice here. Absolute fatigue, disruption in sleep, hormones, low sex drive. We know team guys only care about <laughs> good tea and hair. Yeah, that's out the window. I'm screwed on oh. both. <laughs> that's done. Yeah. And then anorexics that go longer get a fine hair, lanugo, you'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can definitely see. Yeah. But the immediate issues would be, again, low sex drive, menstrual irregularities, obviously limited erections. If you are really low energy intake, nothing is working. Yeah. Your body just kind of For goes an extended period of time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's a, that's a good... Good precursor into the next, and for those listening to, to summarize, like zone, you, you pretty much can't go wrong. I am curious. And it's easy. Yeah, is there? And we'll get into some other recommendations. Just the the Barry Sears zone zone book mm-hmm. is that what you'd recommend? Yep. Yeah, easy. In terms of paleo and keto, I know you know strict paleo almost kind of seems like it's keto in a, in a way. Uh, the more or the more strict you are, the more it's like keto. Is that a fair assessment? Well, the ketogenic diet is very specific in that it's a high fat diet. It is easily 70% fat. Yeah. It is low protein, 20%, if not a little bit less. People confuse paleo and keto in the concept that they're both high protein. They're not. Yeah. Ketogenic diet is 10% or less carbohydrates. Yeah. It's a very low carb minimal protein and high fat diet what is your your overall take on it because from my perspective i've i've tried it really strict for just shy of three months and i never got over the we'll call it the keto flu my performance absolutely took a shit Mm -hmm. um and it, it never i never got to where i was like okay i'm over the hump and, and again, at the almost three month mark, I was like, fuck this. You know, like if it, I don't care, you know, however much longer it's going to take, I'm not willing to wait. Like, right. I mean, I was sleeping like shit. Uh, I, my performance in the gym took, took a dive. Uh, you know, I just, it was horrible. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm curious, like to me, it, it seems like it's, you know, you have significant medical problems or you're, you know, crazy overweight Absolutely. or whatever. It's a great. If you have brain injury. So the ketogenic diet was originally used for seizures in children. Then they extrapolated this diet for the public, and it can be good for healing TBI or brain injury. Dominic Diagostino is doing a lot of research in that. In addition, if you are having cognitive impairment, Alzheimer's, dementia, those kind of brain disorders, this is a, a nutrition program that can be good for it. With that being said, depending on your genetics, some individuals, mostly men from what I've seen, can do phenomenal on it for a short period of time. It really is about individual variability. Yeah. And the women that I've seen who go on the ketogenic diet have a honeymoon phase. And this is not data-driven. This is my own being working in weight management clinics, seeing weight management patients have a honeymoon phase for a month. Mm-hmm. After that month, they lose muscle mass and gain weight. Yeah. So it's almost kind of a Band-Aid for like if they want to hit a short-term goal. I don't even think it helps. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Some women never, like you said, get over that 
keto feeling. I you mean, call the, me, you calling me a woman? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, yeah, not definitely exactly. not. No, it's interesting because that seems like it's one of the more popular. We'll call it a fad. Diet. I mean, it's not really a diet. It's a it's a way of life. Really, it's got to work for some. And because it is so popular, yeah, there's so many people doing it, getting success. It must work for a percentage of the population. Yeah. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before Sarah discovered ChumbaCasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot. And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah. Woohoo! Often thinks about the old boring Sarah yes. and wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just like veganism works yeah, for, for probably 2% or less of the population. Yeah. That's interesting to hear you say that because, you know, if you go off of, uh, you know, kind of pop culture or, uh, you know, internet frenzies, you would think that, you know, veganism plays a, a much more important or stronger role in terms of its success, you know, because it, it is kind of, it's almost political. You know? Right. It is political. Yeah. It is very emotional for people. Yeah. Can you uh, spend a few few minutes talking about uh, veganism, I guess, in terms of from a performance and, and health standpoint? I believe, again, this is a belief of mine, that 2% of the population can do well being vegan. Mm -hmm. And the way in which that works, I have a very good friend who's an orthopedic surgeon, and she's a type 1 diabetic. I know there was a question about uh, type 1 diabetes earlier in, um, in one of your posts. Type 1 diabetic who does very well on keto vegan. Does phenomenal. She is very rare. Yeah. Then, and I have a lot of patients who come into my clinic who've been former vegans. And this is, veganism is obviously, everybody knows, no animal product. None of them feel well. Yeah. I very rarely have a healthy vegan come in and say, my dentition is good, yeah. my hair is not falling out, and I have good digestion. Yeah. In dealing with them, it is very challenging. They are they, my most challenging group. Mm -hmm. Because it is oftentimes a emotional, ethical Right. Drive. Yeah. And when an individual has that, you cannot give them evidence-based science. It's like trying to talk somebody out of Christianity. Right. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, I mean, my brother's a vegan. Uh, I'm right there with you. I bust his balls all the time. Love you, Jake. You know, but you does know, he feel good? In, I mean, maybe he feels great and healthy. And if that's yeah, the case, fantastic. I, I mean, you know, I, from my perspective, I'd say it, it doesn't work that well. But I mean, that, that's my take on it. Um, 
you know, in terms of, you know, some of the same things that you've described, I, I see some of those kind of same things. I mean, whether or not he would, he would say that, I guess maybe I can bring him on and we can talk about it. But, um, I, I've seen tremendous health problems yeah. down the line. I did my fellowship in geriatrics, mm-hmm. which I actually didn't want to do. And I don't think I've ever talked about that before. <laughs> really? You heard it here first. <laughs> it was part of the deal of going to Wash U to study nutritional sciences yeah. and obesity medicine. 50% of that deal was I had to do geriatrics. Really? And if you know anything about geriatrics, it's taking care of people at the end of their life. Yeah. Part of that was palliative care. You're at the bedside of hundreds of dying patients yeah. and families that are completely wrecked. Sure. The reason I, I bring this up is looking at those patients that were largely vegetarian, were so weak and so frail, had fallen, broken hips, go to the hospital, die of pneumonia. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. The, is, is there a, a single point of failure or, or kind of a, a routine like this is where it starts, whether it's their immune system? Is it their immune system? Is it, what, what the, goes? the muscle. The muscle becomes sarcopenic. And it begins in people's 30s. Sarcopenia, which is the loss of muscle. And then there's a portion of that that is also a loss of strength. And the tissue becomes like a marbled steak. Mm -hmm. And as you age, if you do not resistance train and eat high-quality protein, that tissue becomes destroyed. Really? And muscle is a metabolic organ. It's the organ of longevity. It's not just for locomotion. It's an endocrine organ. When you contract it, it secretes things. It's responsible for your resting metabolic rate, the amount of calories largely that you burn at rest, responsible for a large amount of fatty acid oxidation. So individuals that have high cholesterol, the muscle is key. Yeah. When you talk about it getting to a marbled steak uh, type of uh, point, is that irreversible or? I don't, I think that's a great question. I don't know that answer. I think, again, my opinion is we can always improve. Because strength, you can gain strength back. It becomes harder and harder as you age. It becomes more destroyed. As every time you get injured and go on bed rest, it continues to decline. And that tissue becomes very hard to recover. Yeah, the older you get especially. And if you are vegan and vegetarian, forget it. Yeah. Absolutely forget it. Yeah. So that is why I'm not a fan of those two. Based on being at the bedside of these individuals who are dying. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. It's preventable. Yeah. Was there any cases of people that were in that that state of their life that you said, hey, if you fix this, you know, were there any success stories? In, in the hospital setting, no. Yeah. In my clinic setting, absolutely. Like you have vegans come in and you completely come Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to send my brother to you. Probably. And they said, and they said to me, I have one amazing patient. Her name is Nina. And she came in. She's like, I cannot believe I was doing that celery juicing every morning, largely fruit all day long. And now I eat bison at every meal, yeah. <laughs> but awesome. it transformed her life. And yeah. she was flexible enough, mentally flexible yeah. enough to go, wow, I feel like fucking shit. Yeah. And I'm done with it. Is, is that the biggest problem I'm assuming is it's the, it's the mental battle with them for, for that. Yeah. But typically those individuals don't land in my office. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't it's wanna... not a good, it, it's uh, a little bit of a rough visit. Yeah. It's a, it's a, as soon as you're honest with people, then uh, they say they want you to be honest until you're honest, and then you're just an asshole, right? I'm an asshole every day, all day <laughs> yeah. long. Shane, no yeah. comment. Yeah, well, I'm right there with you. I mean, because I, 
it's it's actually kind of kind of ironic i think the the similarities in in some essence between dog training and, and nutrition and that the, there are a lot of parallels that and way people but, training oh yeah i mean i get called an asshole all the time because people don't want to hear that they're yeah. fucked up with their dog they want you to you know affirm or reaffirm that they're that what they think they're doing is right and it's not and whatever but um all right, so the two, uh, we kind of talked about paleo a little bit. What's your take on that as, as kind of a, a general? Ketogenic diet, I've seen affect male hormones in a very negative way. I've seen it lower testosterone. Nobody wants that. Yeah. I've seen it affect lipids. You don't want that either. Yeah. In terms of paleo, I guess, um, thumbs up. Paleo thumbs up. is, so paleo is a concept of the foods that you choose. It doesn't discuss macronutrient partitioning which is key mm-hmm. it's no gluten no dairy no peanuts it's it's really kind of the way that the hunters and gatherers used to eat yeah. i think it's great i yeah. think is a baseline food choice it is an elimination of a lot of allergens yeah. that we have sure do you think that and this is this is as much my probably my opinion as anything but it, it seems to me like paleo is one of those things too where similarly to keto or even veganism is that you know it works really well for some people and and not very well for some i've never seen once calories are controlled for i've never seen paleo not work well even like even from a performance standpoint no because paleo can have carbohydrates it's all about the amounts that you're having it shouldn't be high fat it should be typically a ratio of foods and if you get that ratio right and do well yeah so in terms of i guess i'm curious uh zone paleo can you eat both you absolutely can and that would probably be the best way to go yeah if you're starting out yeah i mean we don't have on that list the carnivore diet which before i got knocked up that would be my go-to really yeah there's a question uh, this is for you mitch uh, asking about the carnivore diet. So uh, t- tell us about that. To me, that, that's a fascinating uh, way of eating to see people eat nothing but ribeyes and bacon all day long. Or like for th- like this, this guy, is a, he's a, a, a business partner of mine that uh, I think did a thir- just got done doing a 30-day you know, cycle of that and lost a ton of weight. Uh-huh. And, and it, it, to me, can, you, can you talk to us about that? You bet. High protein is... An excellent choice. I'm not saying that the carnivore diet because it doesn't have any vegetables, mm-hmm. and I think that there's a need for that. I think that carnivore diet long term for your whole life may be suboptimal, especially yeah. with fiber, those things. For discrete windows of time, I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. The reason I think that is because I've seen that in clinic. Okay. And I've seen it with myself, and it's not necessarily high fat, it is high protein. And we know that protein increases metabolism. It helps with increasing that fat oxidation. It is the basis, those amino acids for neurotransmitters, Mm -hmm. for the amino acids for gut health. It really provides the fundamental building blocks for everything. Yeah. It it seems like in, in hearing you talk about it, like I'll use me as an example, coming off of a surgery in a period of the longest, relatively speaking, inactivity I've had in my adult life because it's the first surgery I've had. The first congratulations, yeah, the first, fir- one. the first legitimate injury I've had where I, I've been down hard for a few months. That as you're talking, you know, that brief window like that would be a really good springboard back it to would. do like a 30 day 
um, 30 or 60 day carnivore diet to get back into the swing of things. It would. And you should be supplementing with a multi omega vitamin D. There are some basic supplements that you should have. Of course, it doesn't have vitamin C or any kind of phytonutrient. Sure. But again, a short, discrete period of time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's that's good advice. And for people listening, uh, take heed to it because obviously you know what the hell you're talking about. Blood type diet. That that one's always fascinated me a little bit too. I'm O positive, which the way I understand it is that's kind of the hunter, you know, mm-hmm. the oldest blood type. What, what's your feeling? There's on? no data to support that it's accurate. Yeah. So it's, The oh. concept is amazing. Yeah. It sounds good. <laughs> the data does not support it. Have you had any clients or, or people that came in that had adhered to that pretty strict and that were a total fucking mess? No. Really? Again, it is eliminating a lot of food allergens and taking away foods that, indiv- you know, Pop-Tarts are not on the blood type Which diet. bullshit, by the way. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> Twinkies Donuts might be. Wait a minute. Yeah, I know. It's out. Yeah, didn't by eliminating these foods really helped those individuals. Yeah. I, I mean, and I've tried it myself. Really, I'm AB positive. Yeah. So what? What does that? Uh, I guess what are the differences, just from a kind of a general generalization standpoint, between uh, each blood type and what they're supposed to eat? I wish I knew more. I can't quite remember because I don't yeah. use it. Yeah. So, I know that mine was largely vegetarian. Yeah. Something, some bullshit like that. <laughs> so it didn't, didn't work too well for you. No, I, I don't doubt it. Um, is there is there any other kind of mainstream diets that those are the ones that I wrote down? But if is there any that you would like to talk about or you think are worth talking about? There is an interesting diet called the fasting mimicking diet, mm-hmm. and I think that that's gaining more and more popularity. Okay, that is a five day mimicking fast. Fasting can be very good biologically for the body. Again, I don't necessarily recommend fasting if you're older. Mm -hmm. If you are over 45, 50, and you are postmenopausal or you have an injury, you should not be fasting because you are not able to stimulate that tissue. Fasting mimicking diet can be excellent every three months to help lower inflammatory markers, give your bowel a rest. It is based on methionine restriction. And I don't think that, I know I'm not an expert on methionine restriction. It's one of the amino acids. But I have done it myself and I have seen it lower inflammatory markers improve blood lipid profiles for individuals. Yeah. So with that, it's interesting that you mentioned the the post-40, 45. Why, uh, is, is there a reason other than that you're not stimulating that tissue to not do that? Because to me, like, not that I know a ton about it, but it seems a little counterintuitive, I guess, to think that, you know, as you get older and your metabolism slows down, to me, it seems like it would, it would be more important to do it then. What, why, why would it not be, I guess? The fasting? Yeah. You want to protect your muscle at all costs. Oh, okay. You can uh, fast. For, so if you are, you know, over the age of 65 and you're doing five days of fasting, you're not doing the right thing. No shit. Every time you destroy that tissue, the older you get, the harder it is to rebuild. So with, with the people that, that, you know, to play devil's advocate would maybe come with the counter argument of 65 years of, of sustained abuse on your GI system, colon, et cetera. Is, is that a factor or, or is I'll it? I'll feed you medical food. Let's go. What's that? I'll feed you medical food. All right. Let's, Let's take a drink. Threaten me with a good Here, time. You know? <laughs> yeah. But to fast, I mean, there's other ways to help the bowel as opposed to not feed them. Okay. So it's not not necessarily the lesser of two evils, but it's this is more important than than that, essentially. 
maintaining tissue as you maintaining muscle tissue as you age is the most important. Can you uh, expound on that? Sure. As you age, you get something that happens called anabolic resistance. It's very interesting in the media and the culture that we are at right now. Everybody's focused on young, you know, 30s, 40s, CrossFit, training, Spartan racing, all of this stuff. There is age group 15, you know, the silver sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, they don't have much attention. Yeah. So they're training. They're doing, you know, jazzercise or whatever it is. Water Zumba. Aerobics. Right. Not working. That's, yeah. that's not effective or efficient for muscle strength. Yeah. As you, when you hit this point, and we don't know exactly when it is, but as you age, you get more insulin resistant in the tissue, in the muscle. It becomes harder to maintain that muscle because the nutrients, the protein that you eat, you require more of it to be absorbed. Yeah. There's more tissue, there's more taken up in the GI system and less gets to your blood. Less splanchnic extraction, as you will. Mm-hmm. So you have to actually ingest more protein as you age for it to get to your muscle and stimulate the pathways to grow so, and repair. So with uh, one of the questions I have written down later, but since, since you're mentioning it, um, the subject of protein, I'm making an assumption here, but are beef jerkies and meat sticks and things like that, are there, can you kind of rank or, or dispel any... Uh, you know, the preconceived notions of protein is protein. Like I'm assuming those are probably less bioavailable or, or healthy or whatever. Is, is there anything to that or only the nitrate? So only if you, the nitrates. so if you get like ostrich sticks that are, you know, preserved with celery salt, like that's fine. I prefer there's something called uh, AO bio or something. I'll give you the, the name and they're actually just dried beef sticks. Really? They don't have preservatives. They're done fresh. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. That would be your go-to. My personal and professional opinion is the less processed meats, the better. Yeah, sure. I don't think that we know everything that goes into it and, and happens with it yeah. and the quality of the meat. It usually has some kind of filler or something. Yeah. I think having meat that you make or buy that you know is actually meat and probably not, I don't know, yeah. knee joint or something else. weird. <laughs> Beef pizzle. <laughs> yeah, is <Okay>. key. <laughs> I think that that's really important. Yeah. Also, charcoaling and grilling your food is not good. It has carcinogens. Well, so I, I see. Yeah, I'm, I'm an avid griller here, and maybe this is um, outside the wheelhouse. But to me, there, I'm assuming that there is a difference between if you're grilling meat over charcoal uh, or fire of any kind, uh, where it's beneath it, versus say a salamander or top-down broiler. From your perspective, is there a difference, or is it just only if burnt it gets tissue? burnt? It's the burnt tissue. That, that sucks to hear. I, I gotta tell you, because that's sorry. that's the good if shit. It, you know what my grandma used to say? What's that? If it tastes good, spit it out. <laughs> that's bullshit. I know. Well, yeah, I love you, grandma. That's a hell of a way to live. Uh, that's bad news for me. I mean, I'm still going to eat it, but uh, maybe a little bit less. But I mean, how how significant is that? Do you think significant? There's Very, pretty good data on that. Logan, are you listening to this? That's some bullshit. I'll, I'll send, we'll find some links. I'll send it to you. <laughs> We're in deep shit here in Texas because that's pretty much what we do with everything is put a hell of a crust on it. The, uh, the other part is there's a genetic component to everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people are more predisposed to. Absolutely. Sure. You hear those people that smoke their whole yeah. life? Yeah. And you're like, how do you not yeah. have cancer? Yeah. And then there's other people that don't smoke. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, is there a, while we're talking about protein, um, 
like the the gels and 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 powders and shit like that. I know you said uh, you know the less processed the better. From my perspective, I, I've always kind of adhered to that that philosophy of of the the closer it is to being you know normal natural you know whatever the the better. But because you have to chew when when you chew your food as opposed to drink it, it can. I mean, obviously, it takes longer to digest, but it stimulates all the yeah the gastric juices, those kinds of things. Enzymes and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, for, like protein powders are like, or muscle milk or uh-huh. things like that with the, I think it's carrageenan or, or something that's yeah. fucking horrible for you or supposed to be. Uh, so whey would be a great protein. And if you can't tolerate, the reason I like whey is because of the amino acids. Yeah. It has a, a good amino acid profile, probably one of the best. And it has enough branch chain amino acids that it will stimulate your muscle. Yeah. If you are... Vegan or vegetarian? Choke yourself and then... <laughs> and then call me. <laughs> Just kidding. I can't help then. Or cannot tolerate whey, you can do a rice pea blend yeah. with augmented amino acids. And, and that works just as well. For, for men, especially um, soy and, and vegetable-based protein. Is- I'm sure the, the data is somewhere in the middle based on genetics. If you, you know, if this is more estrogenetic, yeah. estrogen dominant for some individuals... Yeah. It depends, but yeah. I don't think that, you know, everyone talks about meat being treated with these hormones, yeah. but if you look at soy or pea, and you're talking estrogen levels that are way higher. Yeah. It, to me, that's the irony of it. it, it I mean, the marketing campaigns, and again, it, it kind of boils over into, into the political uh, realm of, of veganism and, and uh, what have you, but... But yeah, I mean, I've seen plenty of, of vegans or, or vegetarians that, you know, will will spend a fucking hour lecturing you on how bad meat is while they're like, you know, shoveling fucking processed, right? you know, shit that has, you know, three paragraphs of ingredients, right. 90% of which you can't pronounce. I mean, to me, it, it's ironic, but um, yeah, I, I'm still fucking reeling over the no crust on my steak. That, uh, it's, it's gonna <laughs> Listen, we'll give you a vitamin C IV, you'll be fine. <laughs> All right, so supplements. Um, obviously, there's a million of them out there. Actually, before we jump into that, is there a brand of whey protein that you would recommend? I like First Form. First Form, mm-hmm. okay. They're going to be coming out with a new health line, which will be amazing. Yeah, okay. And so, we should talk about collagen, too. Well, yeah, so collagen. Is that later on? Well, it, it's in this next section. Okay. Sup, supplements and, I mean, I, I, maybe it's not a supplement. I, it is. It um, is. I, I don't count it as a protein. Yeah. So uh, supplements, generally speaking, there's a million of them out there. Uh, can you kind of, yes. you know, just cut, cut through the bullshit totally. and say, Here, no bullshit. here's what's worth taking? The foundation of your house needs to be put in place. So let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. You should have a good multivitamin. You should be taking vitamin D, omegas. Should be taking some kind of, if you're training a lot, an antioxidant blend, which has vitamin C, and a good probiotic, never hurt anyone. That's really kind of, the few supplements would be great for everybody. Yeah. Can you uh, recommend a brand or two of any of those? Any medical brand. So First Form is a great brand. There's Pure Encapsulations is phenomenal. I use that for a lot of my patients that have allergies. How do you identify if something is a... It has uh, to be available through a healthcare practitioner. Okay. I don't recommend buying things on Amazon. Or Costco or... No, do not. The quality of the supplement that you have is key. I've had patients come in and say, oh, I've been taking... I don't know what the fuck was going on. I've been taking 10,000 IUs of vitamin D (laughs) and I, I get it and it 
they get their blood work and it says 22. Yeah. There's not a lot of regulation of these other supplements. Yeah. But if you go through a reputable brand like Metagenics or Pure Encapsulations or First Form, you're, you're looking at yeah. the, what they say is in it is in it. Yeah, okay. That's good to know. And uh, I take most of those. I don't do an antioxidant. Uh, Vitamin C would but, be great for you. Yeah. If you're, you know, burning the... Yeah, burning steaks. So, yeah. Well, that's actually good to know. So there, there are things that, you know, if, if you uh, partake in or are, uh, you know, more you consume something that's bad for you more than others. Like, are there any other examples? So like, if you're, if you're listening out there, you're in Texas, you're a barbecue asshole like me, uh, a lot extra vitamin C to counterbalance. Glutathione, it would be another phenomenal. Glutathione is the master uh, antioxidant in the body. Glutathione. Mm -hmm. All right. And it is phenomenal. I use liposomal glutathione. It is phenomenal for detoxification processes in the liver. It is good for free radical damage. I put all my athletes on that. I put all the military operators are all taking glutathione. Johnny, if you're listening, you better have your fucking glutathione. I'll kill you. I'm still waiting on my does, supplement list from him. Does First Form sell that as well? It does. First okay. Form does have a, a liposomal glutathione. I promise First Form isn't paying us. Nope. nope. They should they're, be, they're, but they're not. They're an amazing company yeah. and amazing, amazing human beings. Yeah. I think that that's really important. The other thing that I often recommend is ashwagandha. I don't even know how to pretend to spell that. <laughs> ASH, that is something that I also use for all the operators. Yeah. And anyone that has a lot of stress, it helps. It's believed, I don't think that, we don't know the mechanism of action exactly, yeah. but it helps regulate the hypothalamic pituitary access. Can you say that one more time? Ashwagandha. Ashwagandha. Maybe Siri can help us out. I bet that. you the kid that got that on the spelling bee totally failed. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right, so... To, to kind of summarize, antioxidant, a good multivitamin, a vitamin D, omegas, first form whey, uh, if, if you're going to take away yep. a liposomal glutathione, yep. thiamine, thiamine, glutathione, glutathione, and ashwagandha. Ashwagandha. Those are, that's a great foundational. If someone comes in, they say that they're taking that, or, you know, they yeah. have a really good solid program. Yeah. Then if you wanted to add digestive enzymes if individuals are fatigued after they eat most people have low stomach acid mm -hmm. and you tend to have low stomach acid as you age maybe this is the the counterintuitive asshole in me but for people that have like grd or or mm -hmm. reflux is that because they have low acid and their depends. stomach is, is overcompensating um it depends yeah. a lot of people with acid reflux actually have low acid yeah and uh, digestive enzymes help with that what uh, what is a good digestive enzyme to take uh, um, First Form has one. Pure Encapsulations has a one with hydrochloric acid. They is both it, do. So if you go on First Form or uh, the Encapsulation one, you just type in... Mm -hmm. um, digestive enzymes digestive with enzyme. HCL. Okay. Yeah. Of what? HCL. HCL. And I can help include any information okay. you guys need. Um, what's probably going to end up happening is uh, she's going to write a fucking book report after the after this. No and, problem. Uh, for, for the show notes. But, uh, It'd be good foundational. Yeah. Obviously, check with your healthcare provider to make sure you don't have any allergies. I'm just saying this because that's what I'm supposed to say. Like CYA. Yeah. Can, can you order first form mm -hmm. without going to a healthcare provider? You can. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add? I think that, that that's a really good baseline program okay. for individuals. So to, to summarize up until this point, because if you're anything like me... Uh, I don't know if I can remember. You have okay. to compart... Well, I've been taking notes. But, oh, okay. So if you started out on a paleo-based zone, uh, 
uh, and had the supplements that we just talked about, uh, and then we'll get into kind of an exercise regimen too, but that in terms of, you know, to recommend to everybody to start out with any of, with, with, you know, excluding any of the anomaly outlier types that have problem X or are allergic to Y or whatever, but that's kind of the good general spectrum recommendation. They would do well with that and a good solid program. Okay. All right. So collagen, uh, this has been something that really in the last couple of years, at least from my perspective, having, having not really seen it up until fairly recently, we'll talk about the brand that you and I both know very well. And and I use every, every fucking day, but can you talk about the benefits of collagen and, and potentially dispel any myths out there about it? Collagen is number one. It's not a complete protein. I like that we're not talking about collagen in terms of a protein source mm-hmm. because it is deficient in the branch chain amino acids, which is necessary to stimulate muscle growth. Yeah. What it is phenomenal for is a lot of good data on skin yeah. and repair. I think that we're going to see a lot more data emerging from hide collagen, which is what Bubs is, as opposed to bone. Yeah. And uh, really figuring out where the sourcing comes from is key. Yeah. And if it's being derived from what part or which part of the animal. Yeah. One of the benefits I know for me and, and I've seen other people have similar success with uh, is, is from a GI tract standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I'm the first to admit, excuse me, I have no idea how that works. Do you, do you know the... I don't think that anybody knows. Yeah. We know it's high in glycine, proline, and a hydroxyproline. Yeah. Well, I'm going to set this out. If you're if you're listening and not watching, go to the YouTube and channel. And for the about ketogenic about diet, this is a really great yeah. MCT oil. Yeah, I've got that written down uh, as well. Uh, in terms of the collagen, though, I noticed from a from a regularity standpoint, a, a bowel movement standpoint, like it's absolutely beneficial. How the hell that works, I don't know. But uh, I know for me, you know, the 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 skin, hair, nails aspect, uh, very noticeable. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I, I've never had uh, any face work done, but I know, like, if I'm taking allegedly, that stuff, uh, supposedly, I think it's pretty obvious I've I've not had any done, but uh, I do notice a big difference. Um, you know, my skin seems to repair itself easier. Mm-hmm. I'm not not as dry skinned, and, and the biggest thing I notice, I, I have a shit ton of body hair, but like, I notice a, cor- a, a it's less coarse, like mm. it's almost like silkier, like it's fucking conditioned. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going there right now, but uh, the other thing is is fingernails, though. Yeah. Like, holy shit! Like, I mean, so I these are all collagen. What you're saying? These are all places in which collagen is required. Yeah, and and so in terms of kind of the as you get older, it, it seems like just like testosterone and other hormones, like your body produces less collagen as you get older. It does. So for those of you listening, Bubs, she recommends it. I use it. Uh, I've, I've been taking it. I mean, I use the MCT oil and the collagen powder every fucking day. Uh, I am curious, is there a too much? I've never seen it. And I don't think, so wait, let me backtrack. There were early studies in the seventies where when people only consumed collagen, they got deathly ill. Really? You cannot consume collagen as your only protein source. Yeah, That could kill you. I mean, that is, it is very deficient in some of these amino acids. What, uh, what would be a symptom uh, if, if you were taking too much and not... I have no idea yeah, because it, hopefully nobody is using that as only their protein source. And that yeah. would likely only happen if you were having liquid food where all your amino acids were controlled. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think that would ever be happening yeah, okay. nowadays. Yeah. Okay. Any other supplements uh, or 
you know, actually, I guess since we're talking about bubs, one of the things they, they offer also is the MCT oil. Now, I don't think this is a placebo effect because it wasn't something like I just thought it was good fat. One of the things I notice on this, uh, and I know that they advertise for it, but I, I found pretty surprising was the like the cognitive benefit. Yes. Like, and, and one of the things, ironic or not ironically, but interestingly enough, um, I always make sure, like I have kind of a, a pre-podcast routine, like okay. like I make sure that I have a shit ton of that in the morning or, or, or at least, you know, five, six hours before I'm going to do it. I, I mean, I, I take quite a bit of it anyway, but I, I absolutely notice a difference. Like if I travel and I don't take it with me or whatever, I don't have it for a few days, there is kind of a fogginess. Um, and and I, I notice a, an enhanced mental clarity uh while i'm taking it uh what what's it, your it um increases ketones and yeah. ketones are fuel used by the brain absolutely i've seen it work there's some good data we used to use a form of mct in our clinic in our brain clinic at washu to help with cognition yeah are, are there is there kind of a summary of benefits that uh, that mct oil offers? absolutely at number one helps with cognition energy fat in terms of being a fat that is utilized it's utilized differently than say other fats it yeah. almost burns more like a carbohydrate yeah well, and, it, and it burns cleaner that way too right here's the one thing that, that I'm, I'm confused and i think uh, probably a lot of people are maybe it's a common question you get is that mct oil or, or coconut oil or, or derived from that is actually pretty high in saturated it fat is. but it's not the same as like animal fat what well, saturated fat is saturated fat. MCT is not saturated fat, so it's derived from coconut oil. And the issue with saturated fat is, like anything, too much is not good. Yeah. I do not recommend high saturated fat yeah. diets unopposed with anything else. Yeah. From a, back to the protein thing, is there a single source of protein that you would say you use this over everything else. I know it depends on the person. No, like, I mean, everyone, my, the best source is ground beef. Yeah. Your cheat uh, meal. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's the best thing, yeah, but you want it fairly lean. I assume I do. Yes. Yeah. And uh, if it's, I don't always need to have organic. Yeah. I'd rather have the protein than all the fat. And it's, it's definitely hard to get. So mentioning the or organic, uh, I am curious, like that's one of the things you see all the time about, you know, people recommend it's gotta be this, it's gotta be that. You know, what, what is your take on uh, organic versus not? If you look at the actual data, the hormones that are treated for cattle, they cannot have hormones in the bloodstream that are above, that are detectable in any way that would be harmful for a human days before they're killed. Yeah. They don't have high levels of estrogen or all this other bullshit that you're hearing. Yeah. So in other words, it's a fucking crock. It well, is. But that now, if you take that out, if we think about why is it happening, what they do is they try to conserve resources so that all the cattle are the same size and they're using less land and less time and less variability so that they can conserve energy and conserve the land. Yeah. That being said, I don't necessarily eat non organic, I will. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast, with first-hand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained, covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon. El despierta contento deal. Te tenemos un secreto. Saber que vas a empezar tu día con desayuno de McDonald's hará que tu alarma deje de sonar así y empiece a sonar así. Despierta feliz, feliz. Tu sausage McMuffin with egg con salchicha caliente, queso derretido y huevo viene al doble. Viene al doble. Dos por solo 5.50. Precios y participación pueden variar. Producto individual a precio regular. No puede ser combinada con ninguna otra oferta o combo mío. Bada pa pa pa. If I have to. Yeah. But in terms of it being demonized the way that it is, that's not accurate. Yeah. So it's it's not as big of a deal to eat organic as marketing makes it out to be. If you were to look at People talk about conjugated linoleic acid, conjugated linoleic acid, CLA, as one of the things that is beneficial in grass-fed beef. If you look at the data, it is the difference between 0.8 versus conventional having 0.1. So minimal. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking splitting hairs. It is. Yeah. But then you consider the treatment of the animal how they're grown, all of those things, yeah. that's a whole different story. Sure. But if we were to actually look at the meat. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that's, and again, that's good to know because there's, I'll, I'll throw the dog reference in, like dry dog food as an example is a, is a very good case study in, in brilliant marketing. You know, it's, it's largely crap, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's certainly better ones than others. But, you know, you see a lot of these like grain-free and, you know other other buzzwords i guess that uh, go into into some dry dog foods that have people spending you know three times what they really need to spend on it but but you know i prefer organic yeah i'm a sucker for marketing there you go <laughs> yeah but the data the data doesn't really back it up the data does not in terms of the hormones yeah okay that's good to, good to know for sure um the the next kind of thing I wanted to delve into talk about is hydration. Chronic hydration seems to be one of the biggest, um, at least from my, my standpoint, I guess, you know, one of the biggest detractors from performance and, and overall health. What is your take on hydration as chronic overhydration or under hydration? Yeah. Uh, like de- dehydration. You're confused about if you're hungry or you thirsty. Yeah. And obviously if you don't have, Water, you die much faster yeah. than if you didn't have food. Sure. From, from a performance standpoint, and again, I know it depends on, you know, shit, your body weight, your age, your activity level, the, the fucking temp, ambient temperature, mm-hmm. all of those things. But is, is there kind of a, a guideline of you should be drinking X? Everyone says, you know, your body weight and you know, your body weight and ounces or whatever it is. What I tell people, I don't know if there's data to support this, but really... You should be drinking till you feel hydrated and yeah. continue. By the time you're dehydrated, you haven't drank enough. Yeah. Right? You're behind the eight ball. Sure. Is there um, an element of, because one of the things I, I have written down to talk about is like the liver detoxes. I don't do any of those. But, yeah. I mean, so my, my opinion is they're total horseshit. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I mean, your body, glutathione would help, quote, liver detox. Yeah. And you also have to say, what are you detoxing from? Yeah. Well, I guess my uneducated opinion is that um 
nothing is going to do as good a job as your liver, right? That's true. As long as you are, I mean, to me, the the one key element though is is hydration. Uh, would would you say that? that Absolutely, is accurate? hydration is incredibly important, and then having nutrients to support it when we're talking about detoxification, which would be say protein. Mm-hmm. Protein helps upregulate your ability to detoxify. Yeah. Glutathione, it depends on what it is. Are you taking a bunch of medication? Then your body would be detoxifying itself. Yeah. Doesn't hurt to help it. I mean, I'm sure that there's some benefit with ancient uh, traditional medicines and herbal remedies that can possibly help those things. But I think yeah. if you're doing the fundamental yeah. things right, then... Sure. Yeah, balance, right? The, the last thing I wanted to mention before we get into kind of more exercise-based stuff, just as it relates to nutrition supplements, et cetera, uh, is bloating, gut flora, probiotics. I know we talked a little bit about the di- digestive enzyme, HCL. Mm-hmm. Is it me or does that seem to be something that, that seems to plague? Everybody. Amer- yeah. Uh, Everybody. Can you talk about that a little bit? I have never had an a operator that I've seen not have a significant parasite. Mm. Including the one to my right. Oh shit! You, you dirty bastard. <laughs> what, they uh, all come back. It depends on where they deployed. And what's interesting is the operators all have almost. Oh, I mean, I've never seen one who didn't have pathology. Really? Uh, whipworm, roundworm. Oh shit! Giardia. Yeah. Entamoeba histolytica. Are, are these things that? I mean, I've been out for ten years. That you could be carrying like. The whole fucking time. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's encouraging. So I need <laughs> to go get a... Probably get your need, tush swabbed. Yeah, yep. And it's incredible. So people will take digestive enzymes, not get better. Always have this bloating, not yeah. get better. We'll do a SIBO test, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth test. Not get better. Be treated for it, not get better. If you have done all of these things and you're not getting better, mm-hmm. you have a fucking parasite. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Would, uh, would it be irresponsible to just take pyrantel or, or some sort of deworming yeah. you have no idea what you got yeah he had can i tell you he had whipworm and entamoeba histolytica oh shit yeah i, I mean I, it, it's for sure it's curious because i mean the, the places they send us and the shit and we the eat and drink eat, and yeah i mean it only makes sense that makes me uh, not really want to get something shoved up my ass but uh, it's worth it it's worth it <laughs> sushi individuals and then say non-operators anyone that's eating who, anyone who's ever been to a third world country or often has gotten food poisoning it is not necessarily transient yeah people always believe that it's salmonella but what seems to happen is you lower the body's ability to fend off any pathogen that you get and you typically get another infection yeah and you don't know it so if uh for me and anybody else there out there listening that uh you know maybe has been exposed or has kind of similar things you would go to the doctor and ask for you would go to a parasitologist okay and I would recommend there's, and I have looked all over, there is one in New York City, and he is like 900 years old. <laughs> he has hair out of every orifice. Yeah. I really hope he doesn't well, listen to this. we would get along well. <laughs> He's an amazing physician. His name is Dr. Kevin Cahill. Okay. He is old school. And I actually asked him to teach me. Mm-hmm. He said no. <laughs> I mean, I guess it would really change my relationship with yeah. my patients. <laughs> yeah, bend over. So nice to meet you. Yeah. Take your pants off. <laughs> um, luckily, he refused to train me. Yeah. He's an old school parasitologist. Nowadays, the individuals, the infectious disease doctors will do a stool sample or a blood test. Yeah. Those are not nearly as accurate as actually 
doing a scope, taking a swab and looking at under a microscope. Yeah. Nobody so, does that anymore. So, I mean, no different than that at a vet's clinic where they take the, yeah. the it's like a plastic eight inches long mm-hmm. with a little eyelet. Yep, exactly. Yeah, okay. And so, what, what, I mean, what would His, you, so, just a stool sample? Yeah, and he is, people come from all over the world to see this guy. So, here's a, I'm cutting corners here. Could a vet do that? That would be amazing if they yeah. could identify yeah, it. I, I have a vet that would probably do that for me. No bullshit. <laughs> but uh, but they, they would look at it the same way, right? Yeah. You look at it under a microscope, see Do- what you got? Dr. Kraft, if you're listening, we're about to get real fucking close, my man. <laughs> but it's amazing. You just could not believe when individuals have been everywhere and they yeah. don't get better. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, to me, like, not not to get off on too big of a tangent, but, like, I've felt bloated forever. Like, Well, you, you got know, to, I mean. Who knows? We'll figure it out. Dr. So, K and So I Mike's going to be visiting me in yeah. New York City, two docks <laughs> down, be swinging by Dr. Cahill, yeah. we'll all get along. <laughs> That's right. Getting the band back together. All right, so transferring into uh, kind of the, well, actually, there's one, one thing I wanted to talk about that's still kind of in the supplement realm before we talk about, like, equipment and, and some exercise-type stuff. From a thyroid, pituitary yeah. gland, hormone replacement therapy, yes. TRT, that kind of stuff. I'm a big fan. Can you speak to that, Absolutely. just kind of generally speaking? I think that as we age... Typically, and for guys, to even for females, testosterone goes down. Hormones yeah. get lower, everything turns into a mess and people suffer. Or individuals that have used steroids in the past can no longer make their own and they suffer. Yeah. A lot of physicians, I think, are often against hormone replacement. I am absolutely not. Yeah. When I say that, the caveat is we're not talking about pushing them into super therapeutic levels. Mm-hmm. Right? There are super physiological levels. We're talking about keeping them in an optimal range. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Would, would you say that it's, it's imperative to, you know, once you get to the point where you need supplementation to, to have it be sustained? Depends on what your goal is. If you want to have a baby and you're a guy, you don't want to be on testosterone therapy the whole time. Right. You want to take a break, go on Clomid or HCG take testosterone for three months, take a month off. Yeah. But there's no harm in, in doing it and you shouldn't suffer. Yeah. And if your levels come back low twice and you've taken these labs in the morning, then you should be on supplements yeah. or you should be on hormone replacement therapy. In, in terms of um, human growth hormone, that's you know something that gets thrown around a lot in the media for sports and, and things of that nature. Obviously, that's kind of a different animal, but uh, what, what is your take on that? I think a lot of people use it. I don't in my clinic. I use an analog called CJC. I think that it's safer. And you, of course, have to test your IGF levels. You have to yeah. test your IGF-1. Yeah. Kind of make sure it's in a, in a therapeutic range. Yeah. So similarly, like, mm-hmm. keep it optimal, but don't, don't yeah. let it get too low, but you don't want it too high either. That is correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thyroid pituitary gland. I don't, I admittedly don't really know shit about it, but I, I, I wrote it down because I know it, it. Thyroid is women feel thyroid, men feel testosterone. Yeah. Okay. Thyroid supplementation in terms of taking, it is a, a kind of hormone replacement. I think that it is absolutely beneficial and necessary. Yeah. Very rarely do you see a healthy thyroid. Really? Almost never. Is, is that because of a specific, is it aging? Is it the aging, environment? Aging lowers the effectiveness of the thyroid there's these thyroid binding globulin that increases Mm -hmm. and you don't have as much thyroid or if you are very overweight you can have something called thyroid resistance 
that's the same with vitamin D. The heavier you are, the more vitamin D you need to actually get into the tissue. Yeah. But these things are all necessary. Yeah. And and people have a stigma that medicine is bad. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, we talk, We were talking about it before we started recording, but the some of the the travesties I think that exist in Western medicine of of uh, being okay of you know doping somebody up on opioids, but not giving them, you know, right. testosterone replacement or, right. or even, you know, you th- have to get thyroid. to the root cause. Yeah. And the kind of medicine I practice is really to identify what the root of the problem is and yeah. not treat the symptom. Yeah. I mean, it's like with anything, you know, um, and again, to, to throw, because there's a lot of dog training, uh, listeners in here, it's, it's the same when I get questions about, you know, my dog's doing X, it's like, well, the, the problem is actually five steps ahead of mm. that. It's, it's your relationship or lack thereof with the dog. That's, that is why he won't fucking sit for you. It's not mm. because you don't know how to teach him how to sit. I wonder if that happens with kids too. For sure. It does. Sit. No, it does. Yeah. I mean, I will say this from zero to about three, three and a half, uh, you, you know, when, when you can start to really explain things to kids, training raising dogs and raising kids is the exact fucking same it really will be calling you for parenting advice i mean it really is um and i'm happy to help but uh, all right so one other thing food sensitivity tests um do you think they're worth a shit and i think if you feel that you've got it just eliminate the major allergens egg core corn soy Dairy and peanuts. Is there so? Would you say just do that instead of getting a sensitivity test? I think that the sensitivity tests are variable depending on your gut health. Yeah. If an individual was going to do a sensitivity test, I would recommend that they do something called the lymphocyte reactivity assay. It's called the LRA. LRA. Okay. And that is not a food sensitivity test per se. It's an immune response to the foods that you're eating. Okay. Where would you have that something like that? Done? Various providers around the country. So you just Google LRA mm-hmm. test. LRA test. Okay. Genetic testing um, can be great. I use it often. Can I don't know shit about it. Can yeah. you kind of explain what that even is? Like how that works? What you do is I use a program called Opus Twenty Three, and I'll have sounds someone like a government <laughs> project, like a secret Probably fucking is. alien project. You no, know, I've had people that said they're <laughs> they're not sending in their yeah. their uh, genes because they don't want it to be sold to. Mm. Some countries I won't say. Yeah. You'll get, you'll do your 23andMe and Ancestry.com. They can do that online. And then you run it through a program called Opus 23. Some practitioners use NutraHacker. And it will give me a list to the best that we know. Again, this isn't a science where we know everything about it. Yeah. I think it's in its infancy. Mm-hmm. And it will give me information so I know, for example, ashwagandha. Yeah. I'll know if that works well for you. Just from that test? From the, from the best that we can assume. So okay. you're not wasting your money. Yeah. It will tell me if you are at risk for Parkinson's and what we can do about it if there's any intervention possible. Yeah. It really just lays out, or if you need more thyroid. D- does it have the ability, like um, Lou Gehrig's and, and things like that also, or is there limits to I haven't looked. Actually, yeah. I've never looked for Lou Gehrig's. Yeah. I think that because it's so vast, you have to, I look at things like rheumatoid arthritis or macular degeneration, things where they are modifiable. Okay. And, and probably things that are maybe a little more common too, because I know Absolutely. Lou Gehrig's is not exactly. Breast cancer, those yeah. kinds of things. And then of course, what supplements would be beneficial for those individuals? Yeah. Okay. And that's something that you provide. I do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, while we're on the topic of 
things of that nature, vaccines, flu shots, anti-vaxxing. What, what is your take on... I think that individuals should do it. Yeah. I mean, so do I, but I guess, what about flu shots? To me, I don't ever so get I don't, I don't ever get a flu yeah. shot. But regular, the, the standard vaccines you're okay with, you don't have the... I mean, I tend to get them preservative-free. Yeah. I didn't even know you could, yeah. actually. Yeah. You can always ask for preservative-free. I don't know much about pediatrics, but I know when I have my child, I will be vaccinating. Yeah. But I may not do it in the schedule that they recommend because I think that there can be some issues with that. Of course, I'm not an expert in this subject, but yeah. I think that vaccinating your child and... Yeah. That's responsible. Yeah, no, I agree. But of course, that's just my opinion. Yeah. I have one of my best friends doesn't believe in vaccinations and, you know, I support whatever her decision is. Yeah. You know. uh, to me, I guess, you know, this is a bit of an oversimplification, but it's like schools now, now uh, we're in today's day and age. It's like you can't bring a fucking peanut yeah. to school, but you can bring fucking measles if you like. like uh-huh. You know, it's like, how, how do we, how did we get that fucking twisted? You know, but I mean, this is the first time in history that we have so much information and more importantly misinformation yeah yeah it's a it's a double-edged sword for sure and most people know just enough to be fucking dangerous uh one thing you're talking about women and thyroid Mm -hmm. um just there are a number of female listeners um i am curious from a from a a menstrual cycle standpoint like you know the the term of PMS anytime a woman's in a bad mood it's real i mean can you talk to i guess the the hormone effects uh, or the effects on your hormones rather i guess that menstrual struggles because i know i mean there are some women that their menstrual strike i mean it like it it fucking ruins them you know and that's typically when you see estrogen dominance which is obviously one of the female hormones or progesterone dominance Mm -hmm. in order to have a good assessment of the situation hormonally individuals should do blood tests a week before their period as well as get something called a Dutch test. Yeah. And this will give you hormonal byproducts. That is not the standard of care, this urinary test, mm-hmm. but I found it to be incredibly helpful, as well as something called a 28-day cycle test. Okay. This gives us all the information so we can look at what actually, what hormones are making them feel this way. It might not always be estrogen. Sure. For... Um for those tests, it's similar. Like, where where would somebody go to do that? To like, their provider. Just regular provider and say that's what they want? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, a blood test a week prior, Dutch test, and a 28-cycle test. cycle test. Uh-huh. Okay. And yeah. if women's hair are falling is falling out, if they're constipated, cold, oftentimes they need a full thyroid panel. If practitioners typically just get a screening, a TSH, I always recommend getting a free T3 free T4, antibodies, and reverse T3. Which would all fall under the full thyroid panel? It would be a full thyroid panel. Okay. That's fantastic. Um, autoimmune disease, is that... Uh, it's a real thing. The, the, that and like the rise in allergies, asthma, ADHD, things of that nature. Like it, it, what's your a lot, from, from what I've read and what I've seen, a lot of it is digestive in nature. Yeah. You eliminate the pathogens... There is tons of information out there from tropical diseases or pathogens in the gut to skin infections, allergies. It's all over. You just have to Google it in PubMed. You would be shocked at what you find. Yeah. And, and, but no different than building a good foundation is that if there's issues and you're continuing to feed them, they're, they're never going to go right. away, right? So, and a regular GI doctor will not test for that. Yeah. Well, so where would you go? You go to infectious disease. No shit. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm glad I'm writing notes, but uh, <laughs> I'll send you. Hey, I got got a spot for an opening for patient. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. I mean, I'll have happy to send all this. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. It, it's going to take uh, going to take some of that. One thing, just because of the the community that Shane and I both come from, and uh, I'm curious with modern medicine with opioids, NSAIDs, antibiotics. Obviously, there's a time and a place for them, but do you think that the stigma associated with them is uh, not necessarily realistic, but uh, warranted? Um, or have you have you seen permanent effects from any of them in any of your patients where you know their their use of any of those has caused significant irreversible problems? Irreversible problems, I haven't seen a ton of. I'm really trying to think. I mean, addiction is. A really a hard one. I, I guess outside of, you know, like physiological, outside of addiction, you know, like whether it hmm. f- fucks their brain up or uh, antibiotics screwing up uh, gut flora. That's all fixable. Yeah. The body is incredibly resilient. Yeah. And if you know what the perpetrator is, mm-hmm. then you can address it. Yeah. Okay. If you know the underlying driver for inflammation, then you can address those things. Yeah. Okay. Um moving from uh, or before we move from kind of the the supplements and the kind of general q a before we get into some of the the exercise recommendations is there anything that you can or would want to add uh, that we haven't discussed as it relates to food nutrition supplements knowing your body is key and if you're doing something that's not working for you don't keep doing it yeah okay i see this all the time yeah i've been doing this for this long, I'm like, why are you still doing that? <laughs> Been doing this 12 years and it still doesn't work. Should you know, yeah. probably try yeah. something different. Yeah, I've cut it twice and it's still too fucking short. <laughs> what? All right, so moving into exercise, um, you know, uh, again, I know that it's we'll this is it probably depends. the most variable, yeah, because nutrition we know that a moderate high protein diet is going to work for largely everybody. Regardless of your weight status, hormonal status, it's going to work. Yeah. Exercise is a whole different bird. Mm-hmm. You don't, this depends on injury, past injuries, ability to recover, nervous system, training status, volume, sport. Yeah. I guess the, the big question I have that, that I want to have your uh, input to provide to the listener is similarly to the, the breakdown that you gave us on nutrition Is there kind of a, generally speaking, and I know you kind of just addressed it, but even having said that, is there like a, this is a good starting point for most people? Strength training, hands down, getting with a great coach. Mm -hmm. And even if you're a novice, you should be putting in effort. Yeah. Data supports effortful training when it especially as it relates to resistance training. And I'm all about weightlifting and maintaining that muscle, if not growing it right now is the time to do it. Yeah. Because as you age, and it becomes much harder. Yeah. So with if you could kind of define or, or separate um, the, the difference in, in terms of resistance slash weight, because I think even for me, like there's there's maybe a little gray area in terms of would body weight exercise. I don't, I don't actually count that. Really? So like no. push-ups you wouldn't count as I resistance? Sorry, guys. Yeah. What the... F- <laughs> Uh, we were trying to go to dinner, and he's up. Oh, I got to work out. He's doing pull-ups and push-ups. I'm like, yeah. It's going to take forever. Yeah. Well, so uh, no, I don't. It should be squat, bench, deadlift, moving heavy weight more than your body weight. It, so I, I guess I'm curious though. 
I mean, obviously that's better than nothing. It right? is. But uh, is there a, a, a kind of a, a benefit to saying that using that as a supplemental? Absolutely. Uh, you know, so you do say three days of heavy weights mm-hmm. and two days of lighter resistance. Or, Absolutely. It does allow for recovery, yeah. especially if you're going for hypertrophy. Yeah. And it keeps you mobile and capable. Yeah. And that is also important. Sure. Is there, I mean, obviously we talked a little bit about CrossFit, but is, is there a system program, any, any type of recommendation you could say, try this first. If like, if you're not doing shit and you're, we're taking your recommendations on food, on, um, you know, supplements, uh, you know, all the other things that we've, we've already discussed. Could you do that same thing for exercise or is it too many variables? I think having a good foundation, getting with a good trainer is key. Yeah. Because you need a kind of a leader. If yeah. you haven't done this and you're starting from scratch, you need someone looking over your shoulder to make sure, A, you're not going to hurt yourself, yeah. and B, that you have a well-planned out program, even yeah. if it's a beginner program. And uh, agreed. I mean, to me, it's it's like with anything. I mean, if you're learning to do something, you need somebody to you teach you. Uh, how would what, what would be your, your simplest recommendation to, to inform somebody how to find a good trainer? Word of mouth is always best. Yeah. I have my people that I use and I always refer out to. Mm-hmm. And... I know that they're excellent. So you're, everyone should be vetted. You should find a trainer, get a word of mouth, and then talk to two other people that this person has worked with yeah. and see results. I see a lot of trainers who work with individuals who never have any results. Yeah. Part right. of that is the patient. Sure. But part of that is being a good trainer. You have to know how to get the best out of someone. Yeah. So word of mouth, is there any internet resource or anything like that that yeah, absolutely. So if someone wants an automated program, uh, Layden Norton has a great automated program online. He's very evidence-based, which I love. Of course, Charles Poliquin has a whole... He's a strength coach, a former strength coach. He passed away. And he has a whole online community where there are trainers that are certified by him. CSCS and, of course... My two favorites, which are Kara Killian, who you should definitely have on, one of the Titan yeah. games. She's incredible. Well, if you can send her our way, we'll definitely have She's her. She's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And then Melissa Paris. The other component to that is you should have someone who does body work, yeah. who can look at your breathing patterns and do soft tissue for you. person I use in New York is Urban Wellness, Emily Kybird. So if you're going to work so hard to do these things... You should be maintaining yourself. So is, is that more on like a recovery standpoint or what? Functionality. I wouldn't have torn both my hamstrings if oh, I'd okay. been moving appropriately. So it's almost like a movement coach. Yeah. Sort of. Or I'm breathing. A yeah. lot of it comes from the core and the belly, what? which I now have a large one. <laughs> it's only going to get bigger. Oh, yeah. I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast with firsthand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon. The, uh, and it's going to start moving if it hasn't. What's the name of, the, uh, of that type of coach? I would, I mean, I would call it, what would you say, a movement coach? I mean, she's a, you can use a chiropractor or, yeah, I would say functional movement. Okay. So if you Googled functional movement coach. And please vet your sources, yeah. vet their experience and education. Okay. There's a lot of ec- 
non-expert experts. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want that. You yeah. will be injured. Yeah. Uh, shit, you can go on YouTube and find a, a bunch of those fuckers. Um, one thing that, uh, that I, I specifically wanted to wait to talk about in terms of, of how nutrition plays into exercise that there, there's a ton of information and a lot of it is conflicting is protein intake. You know, we talked about kind of the quality of it, but I, I'm, I'm, can't wait to get your, your take on when to take it. And is there an amount? And, and I, I know it's going to depend, but. No, actually doesn't. Is there not? Very, it, there's only two major. I mean, I, of course, I just got excited. Go ahead. You're, well, I mean, so. Talking about protein, this is yeah. exciting. Well, so, you know, you, you finish your workout and, and you see some people's like, oh, within X number of minutes, you uh-huh. need to have X number of grams of protein. Or, you know, the, the 100, 100 grams a day is a good, you know, no less than that, right? Right. For, for everybody. For everybody. Um, so, d- I mean, it, can your body only use a certain uses amount? uses all of it. Really? It uses so all you, of it. So you could take 100 grams once in a day and, and that you would... You probably would only get max benefit from 50. Yeah. Let's break this down. All right. Protein is the king macronutrient, and it's also the black sheep. Yeah. Right? Everyone is very emotional. It has a face. You have to kill it. It is very challenging <laughs> for individuals. When you think about it as the most important macronutrient around the world, protein quality is what determines the quality of the diet. Okay. Uh, in America, we're really lucky. We're not at a loss of it. Yeah. When it comes to the total amount, 100 grams should be minimum. However, distribution, meaning how you break that up, is key. In order to maintain your muscle tissue and optimize body composition, you want that range to be between 30 and 50 grams. Okay. Men, man or woman. Yeah. It definitely depends on your protein target and how many times you're going to be feeding. But if I am going for a muscle protein synthesis or something that is going to hit my muscle, I don't go below 30 grams. Yeah. Per meal. Does uh, size play a role? It's more based on blood volume. Really? Yes. So a woman my size still needs more than you'd think. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm five one. I was 123 pounds. I'm what I am now. Rather large. Yeah. But a woman my size compared to Shane, who is, if I say anything less than 200, would be very upset at me. <laughs> we still both need a minimum of 30 grams to maintain muscle tissue. My recommendation for total protein intake is your ideal weight. Either if you're lean, so if he's 200 pounds, he could easily get away with 200 grams of protein. Yeah. And try to break it up in 30 to 50. Yeah. Yeah. Probably more like 50 and then eats four times a day. Yeah. So on that too, then with, uh, you know, eating, does it matter from a a protein synthesis standpoint post-exercise that it should be within a certain amount of time? What I believe is going to be coming out in the research is that women are much more sensitive and they actually need to feed earlier. Okay. They train. Protein is the most important macronutrient post-training for muscle repair. Yeah. Everybody thinks carbohydrates is. It's not. Really? For men, you probably can push that window longer. Mm -hmm. There's some data to suggest it doesn't matter when you have protein. You could have it anytime as long as it's within that 24-hour window. Yeah. But the question to that would be, why do that? We know as you age, you absolutely post the closest you can get it post-training, you need it. 
The older you get. The older you get because the, the, the blood volume and the blood is already to deliver nutrients okay. to the muscle. Well, that's good to know because I, I think the one thing that, that a lot of people as they get older or, or even, you know, whenever is that I think there's, there's probably a, a conception, albeit maybe a misconception, that, okay, I finished working out. It's 1245. I want to wait three hours because I'm fat burning, right? Is that total bullshit or? Not a good idea. Yeah. I mean, fat burning is in a 24-hour period. Okay. And if your muscle is primed to get nutrients, it's the time. So feed the fucking machine. Yeah. All right. That's good to know. That's good advice. I know, uh, like I said, there's, like you've said a couple of times now, like there's so much information out there and a lot of it is conflicting. It's hard to to be able to sift through it and it know, know what the fuck is what. But um, all right, real quick on um, joint health, stretching, yoga, um, any type of uh, preference recommendations you have on any of that? If you're hypermobile and you're really flexible, you likely don't need more yoga. Okay. You will injure yourself. I yeah. mean, I did. Yeah. If you are that individual, strength training would be great. Yeah. If you are super tight, like a lot of the guys. Yeah having them utilize yoga or other techniques could be very beneficial. If you need a fucking shoehorn to get flip-flops on, <laughs> chances are you might want to go to a Bikram studio sometime. Right. Uh, joint health, and one of the, I don't think uh, we mentioned anything like glucosamine, turmeric, stuff like that. That is one. It's hit or miss. I've seen it really depends on your genetics. It's yeah. what we're finding more and more. It, it works great for some people. It and does. It's irrelevant for And others. that is just yeah. based on things that we don't really know yet. Is that a try it and see what happens or a, a certain test can help with that? We are getting more and more advanced where we can test the genetics and look at those things. Yeah. But that is not on a regular yeah. basis right now. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, that's all good, good stuff to know. Again, um, one of my favorite subjects, sleep, recovery, overtraining. I had Jeff Nichols on. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Mm -hmm. uh, he he threw the number of seven and a half hours was kind of the from the studies he's seen. I'm curious, um, you know, what's your take on? Obviously, the, the quality of sleep is important, but you know, what can you tell us about sleep? And Everybody recovery? has their sleep set point. Yeah. From what I've seen, I don't need eight hours of sleep. Yeah. I used to never eat eight hours of sleep. <laughs> I would be at six to yeah. seven. I would be up. Yeah. For me, I need less. I know some guys need 10 yeah. to be recovered. I need like 15, I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. One, but that's one, a great average. Seven and a half, seven eight and hours eight. is, is yeah. average. Good good starting point target. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so when you, and when you sleep, it allows your brain to recover. Yeah. We know that if you are deficient in sleep, not only do your hormones suck, but also your cognition in terms of dementia and later life issues yeah. increase. Are there um, supplements or nutritional you know whether it's fucking magnesium i mean i don't know are, are there things that that help you get better sleep from a nutritional standpoint other than the obvious be balanced um in terms of food or, or you mean e either supplement. anything one of the best supplements that i've ever seen is called fenny boot Fen how do you spell that p-h-e-n-i fenny b-u-t okay. might be an extra i in there yeah Alphabet Shane says no. He's a really good speller. <laughs> I'm the good at directions, and he's good at spelling. Yeah. I can say that because I'm talking to you. He's yeah. not going to come here and tell me to be quiet. <laughs> Fenibut, so. It is a GABA agonist, and I have seen it knock 95% of people out. No shit, and it's all natural. Mm -hmm, it where, is. Where do you order that at? Ordered online. No shit. So that you, you would be okay with ordering from Amazon? Mm -hmm. There's a, something called Cabernese. It's, um, it's a product called Cabernese by Neuroscience. I have never seen anything work better. 
So Cabernet's by neuroscience is Fenaboot? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I'm sure a two by four to the head would probably work, but it <laughs> seems much safer. Yeah, maybe not as effective the morning after. Uh, what is a GABA agonist? It is something that stimulates GABA in the brain and it allows you to relax and get into that sleep mode. So my uh, curiosity now is with, I know, you know, Shane and I's comrades in arms, many of us have been prescribed Ambien and Lunesta. This works and much that, better. And, and it's not, it doesn't fuck your head up. It does like, not fuck your head yeah. up. Because that stuff does. I mean, I know. It does. Uh, I take people off of it all the time. Yeah. I swap this out. I have never heard a complaint. What, uh, is it a take an hour before bed or 30 like minutes. 30 minutes yeah. and just knocks your ass mm-hmm. out. And you mm. might need more than one. You yeah. might need four, five, yeah. half the bottle. Is it expensive? It's not. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to try that shit just, just because. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I will send you, um, a script for it. Oh, great. So it is a prescription. No, oh, okay. But I can yeah. get to a discount. Oh, awesome. that, but. Well, hell yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for the future stakes. Yeah. Oh, I, and dog. Shane yeah. is going to give me one of those dogs. The, I, I got you covered. Personal protection dog. Yeah. We'll give you one of the retired dogs. You can pack it <laughs> up with you. Uh, one that it'll remind you of like uh, the scene from uh, Vacation. Uh, we already snow. have two yeah. of those dogs at home. I don't know. <laughs> one thing on, on sleep that I'm curious of. I, I use and swear by uh, a Tempur-Pedic mattress. Like mm-hmm. to me... If I'm not on one, I sleep like shit. Like when I travel, it sucks because I I just don't sleep the same. Uh, but are there any other kind of either products or things that you can recommend for aiding in sleep and recovery? Um, light diffusers, Himalayan salt lamps, fuck, you, you know, whatever. Shamanism. There's a ton uh-huh. of shit out there. Like I don't know what what's good and what's not. Only tell I will only tell you if you promise not to make fun of me. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. All right. So there's something called the Chili Pad. I th- yeah, I think I, I actually I think Jeff mentioned that it's like wa- it's like a water cooled uh-huh. thing. I love it. Okay, so that works really it well. It works phenomenally well. Yeah. Also, blocking out any sound using wax earplugs, not regular earplugs. Really. Hmm. So uh, for me, like I either use the sound app on my phone if I'm if I'm somewhere else, or I'll turn a fan on even in the dead of winter for the noise. Hmm. Try it without. Try complete sensory deprivation. Really. Mask. Yeah, wax earplugs. I will tell you, we have a joke. In our household, you're not a true operator if you don't travel with your <laughs> CPAP machine. No shit. Every, if you've jumped out of airplanes, yeah. chances are you will have some kind of sleep apnea. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, the, I, here's my biggest problem with that is I can't sleep on my fucking back. I hear it all the time. You can try to sleep on your side. They've got more advanced machines. Should definitely, anyone who is listening who is ex-military, jumping, shooting, any kind of ballistics, should all be worked up for sleep apnea. Uh, diving have any impact? Yes. Same thing? Yes. What, is there a brand you'd recommend? No. You yeah, just have just... to, whatever's covered by your insurance, they okay. do have ones that are now smaller, but it is Huge, absolutely huh? key. And it's interesting if you go to the doctor and you find that your blood sugar is running high mm-hmm. or your insulin is high. Oftentimes I see it correlate with really poor sleep. Really? Mm-hmm. So it's not the box of Swedish fish that I ate so much as it's killing uh, me. <laughs> no. Um, Himalayan salt lamps. I have to ask. Total pretty. bullshit. I don't know. They're pretty. Yeah. It's supposed yeah. to have negative ion charge. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, what what is the the thing you mentioned your the red light thing? Can you tell? Yeah, me about, the Juve light. Can, can you tell us about that? Yes, it's J O O one V. I already spelled v. it. Wrong. Got it. I love it because I used it once and I thought it was amazing. Yeah. And then I'm sold, of course. But it is photobiomodulation, and it's believed, and there is some data coming out about these things, 
I do my best to be evidence-based. I'm not always right, yeah. but I, I really try. And then I correct myself when I'm wrong. Yeah. And it helps with mitochondrial health in the skin. Also helps with skin rejuvenation, eyesight, which then relates to brain function. And it's amazing. Uh-huh. I don't use it before sleep. Can you can you walk us through the process of like how do you, how do you use it? Stand butt ass naked <laughs> in front of this huge wall. So it's almost like it's a, a tanning huge panel. It's a panel. Okay, not a wall. Yeah, that'd be amazing if I had a wall. It's a panel, and you do ten minutes each side, and I do it twice a day. So you just stand there. It's all, so it's almost like a tanning bed. Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, ten minutes each side, and do you, eyes open, eyes closed. Eyes open. Okay. Obviously, if you turn your back, it doesn't really fucking matter, right? But that's interesting. It is. It works really well. And you notice a big difference. I do. Yeah. I uh, notice that it affects my eyesight. My eyesight is better. So do you you have that like in, in, in a bedroom? Like you wake up and the first thing you it do is, is to, yeah. I do that. I write my letter to my future baby. <laughs> yeah. And then I call Shane, probably yell at him about something that I've just made up, something that happened over. Do you notice a difference in her on the Jew flight versus not? No. I think so. Yeah, maybe. With your eyesight? Yeah. Well, uh, are they expensive? Yes. Yeah, that's good news, huh? Like, <laughs> how, like how expensive? I think mine was thirty five hundred. Holy shit! Is it uh, like you got to replace bulbs and shit? Or I what? haven't yet, and yeah. they have a ninety day guarantee, yeah. money back guarantee. How long have you been using it? Almost a year. Yeah. Maybe yeah. eight months. Maybe eight months a year. Yeah. That's I love that. I think yeah. it's great. So the chili. Do you uh, have a, a mattress you recommend? I got the avocado. I don't even know. I have tried hell. many mattresses yeah, because I didn't want it to smell. Yeah. I would have loved to have gotten a Tempur-Pedic mattress, but you know, reading all that stuff, I was like, again, said a sucker for marketing. I don't know what, what is in those mattresses, Yeah. but I got a, an avocado mattress. Yeah. Is that similar? Like a, a temper, like a memory mm-hmm. foam? It's kind supposed of thing. to be a natural. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you mentioned meditating. Um, yes. And this kind of leads into the next mental health kind of topic that I wanted to cover before we uh, t- start to wrap it up here. But uh, can you tell us, you know, from your your perspective, the uh, the process in which you employ meditation? I meditate twice a day. And I actually learned meditation when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I did TM meditation. And now it's progressed to not even mantra, just Stillness, mm-hmm. quiet, or I'll use a guided visualization meditation. Yeah. I find that it slows the mind down and it allows me to respond rather than have crazy reactions to things. Yeah. And you become much clearer. Do you meditate? I, I don't. Um, so you said it's, it's a guided process? Sometimes I use a guided meditation. I'll use Insight Timer. They have um, apps where you can... Put in whatever you like, and then choose a guided meditation. Those are amazing. And so, like, it tells you what to think about and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, it takes yeah. you through. Yeah. Yeah. Is it kind of like a program where you pick like I want to do a ten minute, a twenty uh-huh. minute, whatever? And mm-hmm. you do how long? Twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Twice, twice a, day. a day. No shit. Do you try to break it up twelve hours apart, or I do it in the morning, and then I do it either mid afternoon in clinic, okay. or when I get home. Okay. And. I often meditate with Shane. We meditate together. Yeah. How how does that work? I mean, like you're just in the same room or is there, it's not yeah. like a, a team, team effort kind of thing. You're not just yet. doing it at the same time. <laughs> All right. So uh, from a mental health standpoint, I know you, you said you spent a couple of years doing psychology and things of that nature. Aside from meditating, is there any uh, thing you can address uh, as it relates to uh, focusing on mental health and, and what people can do to 
um, help themselves as far as that goes? I think having a really good support team. A lot of individuals go for therapy, and therapy, talking about the same thing over and over again, rarely gets anyone better. Doing more advanced things like hypnotherapy or meditation to silence the mind so you clear away the cobwebs to see what actually exists and getting someone that isn't going to coddle you. I think a lot of times in life, we have this way of being too gentle with ourselves. Yeah. That is not going to get anyone better. Yeah. You need someone who is going to really hold you accountable. There are great life coaches out there. I use the Handel group. I recommend them to my patients where it's really kind of about toughening up and, and not telling the same story over and over again. Yeah. With that being said, there are some significant effects depending on what individuals have been through in their life, and mm-hmm. they may need more intensive help. Yeah. And with that, you find a good therapist who is not necessarily just utilizing talk therapy. Yeah. Because you won't get better that way. Sure. One thing I'm, I think I already know the answer. I mean, I, and I don't mean to ask a leading question, I guess, but I'm curious in, in your practice of all the patients that you've seen, have, have you had any experience where somebody will come in with either moderate to significant mental health issues that, that nutrition almost completely fixed or, or had a significant impact on? Mental health issues are tricky. If it is a brain chemical disorder, nutrition can get them far, but there are likely other components like Lyme disease or some neurological head trauma, something else that's happened. So uh, mentioning Lyme disease, what, uh, what's, have you had experience? With, I have. So what, I don't treat it. I refer it out if someone has it, but I test almost all my patients that come in with any kind of neurological or dizziness or all of a sudden they're having some kind of balance issues or yeah. joint pain that is moving. Test them for Lyme. So, is I mean the way I understand Lyme disease as it's a uh, a bloodborne parasite. Um, is that something where once you've had it, like there's going to be permanent effects? That it can be if you catch it early enough. It can it can be treated. And there's multiple co-infections. I just tested one girl who was has been chronically constipated mm-hmm. and is starting to have these dizzy episodes. And she doesn't have any cardiac issues. She's been worked up. Neurologist says she's fine. This is a girl who's from Massachusetts. Yeah. She, there's a high probability she runs in the woods. Yeah. High probability she's been bitten. And so is that something where, like, let's say it happened years ago and they didn't catch it or, or whatever. It's there. Then, like, you're... you're sp- I mean, some people can clear it. Yeah. I've had friends that have actually cleared it without treatment, but oftentimes people cannot. What is the... Uh, what, what is that process of clearing that, it? That is... You do not want to get Lyme. Yeah. It is rough. It is multiple antibiotics, IV antibiotics. It's a very intensive, at least a year-long process. I've never seen it cleared quickly. Yeah. Is, I mean, if it's something where somebody had it like as a kid and now they're adult and, and they have problems or is it... It will likely so, show up as an old infection and maybe that individual has cleared it. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen issues where uh, there are uh, current day issues from having it years ago? Absolutely. What? And that's... And those are things you can't do anything about? It's rough because yeah. a lot of the patients... I have one girl who can... She'll go through episodes where she can't walk. Jesus. And... Uh, Man, I mean, that's, that's gnarly shit. It's gnarly. Yeah. You do not want Lyme. It's yeah. because it uh, destroys your nervous system and yeah. many 
many levels. Is, is there anything, any supplement or anything you can do to, to help minimize any of that or that you know? Of? No, that is not something I would treat naturally. Many people do. Yeah. But I come from the school of medicine where you do the best of evidence-based yeah. with the best of alternative and I combine the two. Yeah. So kind of the best of everything. Um, what about like if, if it's been cleared but they have after effects? Is there anything? Then, you could, then that's when someone would go to maybe a more gentle herbal kind of. Yeah. What, any examples of what those would be? No, I, w- yeah. I would refer that out. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you specialize in Lyme, that is all you do, and that yeah. is yeah, okay, pretty uh, pretty significant. Significant. All right. So, anything else on uh, on mental health tips, um, supplements, things that uh, that help with that? Other than uh, I know one of the questions was CBD oil. I, I mean, we it's great for sleep. I, CBD oil can be great for sleep. Yeah. In terms of mental cognition, health, I know I've seen seen help with it um, in me personally, and uh, you know, not that I can tell if a dog thinks clear or not, but I've seen a lot of benefits in our dogs uh, having given it to them. Have you had much experience with it? Mm-hmm. CBD or just in general, other things? Yeah, in general. I mean, both. Omegas work phenomenal. You can go to a higher dose omega three. So first form sell those as well. Um, first form has them. Um, which one else? Designs for Health has a. Um, Omegas as well. The other aspect to that is you can do intranasal, so you can do nasal spray. Mm-hmm. And there's a nasal spray that's prescription. It's called Synapsin. And it has ginkgo biloba, which is good for the brain. It has B vitamins, uh, methylated B complex. Okay. Those things, Herspridine. There's something called Herspridine, which is they've done a lot of research in terms of brain health. And uh, neurotransmitters. The other thing is creatine. Really? Creatine has been shown to help with brain function. Is there uh, any concern with uh, kidney stones being hard, being hard on liver and kidney with taking it? I mean, for if you sustain? have issues with those things, then you want to minimize any insult. Yeah. But if you are healthy, then you shouldn't have any problems. And is it uh, something that, that you would take sustained or you would want to cycle it? You can I so I recommend cycling all supplements, yeah. including the standard run-of-the-mill supplements, yeah. because the body needs to go through periods where it just has a break. Yeah, and this is just my own personal sure. uh, perspective. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's, that, again, it's uh, it's all good to know. Um, all right, before we uh, finish it, I, I, one of the things we did is we solicited uh, our social media following to uh, submit some questions. I know you've looked at some already, but uh, we're going to take a, a quick break here in-house to, to review a few of those, and I would love for you to actually pick the, you know, a handful of them that you would like to answer. Great. Um, so we're gonna, we'll take a, take a quick break. We'll circle back and, and then answer a handful of, of uh, the viewers' questions, as few as a couple that I pulled from, uh, from people that wanted, wanted me to ask you stuff, uh, and then we'll, then we'll finish it up. All right, so circling back on some of the viewer questions and supplemental questions, these are, are a bit all over the place, uh, as you can imagine, but one of, one of them is, is woman-specific, I guess, is the pill. Um, what is your take on that in terms of safety? Obviously, it's effective, but anytime, anytime you are manipulating hormones, um, you know, what, what's your take on it, I guess? I don't recommend that you eat your estrogen. Yeah. I think that from my clinic, what I've seen is the ability for an individual to get their period back takes some time. Yeah. Also found that the pill can affect their digestive tract, their gut flora, and it can be pretty rough for, for women. And also it's masking whatever symptoms. So if an individual is taking it for PMS, 
you might as well figure out a way to yeah. find out what the problem is and address it. So, yeah, so alternatively. For, the, for the people or for the women rather that take it because, you know, their, their cycle is excruciatingly hard on them or something that it's addressing the symptom and not the problem. Right. You yeah. can find an alternative way, for example, a bioidentical, which you can then balance estrogen and progesterone. Yeah. I guess so in terms of, of, you know, why most people use it is to not get pregnant. I mean, do you, do you think the pill for, for contraceptive reasons is worth the trade off of? I don't. Yeah. I would make another choice. I would use a uh, copper IUD. There is risks with that, yeah. but it's non-hormonal. Yeah. But you can, of course, perforate your yeah. There's other, other. lady parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christ. Now I'm sidetracked. Um, <laughs> The uh, all right. So another question: uh, reducing cortisol uh, and inflammation, uh, kind of across the board. I uh, I know inflammation is kind of a big um, buzzword to a certain extent. You know, in the in the nutrition community nowadays, uh, whether it's inflammation of your blood, inflammation of your joints, mm-hmm. pH levels, things of that nature. Can you kind of talk to, to both? Sure. Of those? The key in reducing inflammation is to determine where it comes from. Is it your nutrition? Are you overtraining? Some inflammation post-training is good because it's allowing the body to do what it does. Chronic inflammation is where you have an issue. Yeah. And determining what that cause is, whether it's gut, leaky gut, pathogens, or excess load, poor nutrient status, Yeah. those kinds of things. Is, is, uh, if it is derived from nutrition or diet, um, would some sort of food test be able to identify that or how, how would you, how would you identify where it comes from? I guess. Well, it's usually the first thing that I clean up. I always clean up the nutritional side by nature. I tend to eliminate again, the common allergens, which are corn, soy, eggs, peanuts and milk and gluten dairy across the board. It is for not for everybody, but if an individual is symptomatic, you eliminate those things, allow the body to settle, whether it's 60 days, 30 days, 60 days, and then you begin to add it in. You add one thing at a time, and I add them in every fourth day. Okay. So you'll have eggs, then on the fourth day, you'll add it in again. So you'll see how you feel. Do you find uh, percentage-wise or of the patients you come in that you do this with that, that many of them are allergic to eggs or that they have problems with them? Individuals that have impaired gut integrity have issues with those foods. Really? For sure. Yeah. Like pretty much across the board on all of them. Often, yes. And they get substantially better when they eliminate it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be forever, and then you can reintroduce. Okay. So kind of hitting the reset button, and then you can have Mm -hmm. them uh, occasionally or or And also getting on a good gut repair program. Yeah. There are things that you can do. There are medical shakes that you can take. There are... Uh, protocols that you can follow. Is uh, Would AIP fall under mm-hmm. that? Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? AIP is autoimmune paleo. I think that it's a great starting point yeah. for individuals, especially if they have arthritis or joint pain. It eliminates nightshades and many of those other things that we spoke about. Yeah. Um, I know there's, with uh, Oso Bones, is, is usually the bone broth that I order mm-hmm. if I don't get it local, but they have kind of an AIP line of, of stuff. Uh, bone broth, big, big fan or not? Or? Bone broth is collagen. Yeah. I'm sure there are other nutrients in it, and it's a great supplement to an already good diet. Yeah, but not uh, not a, in a, a magic elixir or snake oil like There some. is no yeah. such thing. Yeah. Except for testosterone. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> for guys, right? It, it'll make them think that. 
Um, reducing cortisol, same as inflammation, is that kind of hand and foot? I use, we spoke about ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is believed to help modulate cortisol ebbs and flows. Okay. And you could take 500 milligrams twice a day. Okay. About. Um, good stuff. Um, is it necessary to hit macros for muscle growth? Why or, wouldn't you? Yeah. What, yeah, of course. You, can you can you talk to what that macros what that looks like? would be proteins, carbohydrates, fat. In terms of muscle growth, protein is arguably the most important. It is important when you're young. You can kind of get away with eating Twinkies and whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. If you can think about it, when you're in high school, you can do whatever you want until yeah. you screw up and you still grow. Yeah, probably in college too. But as you age, getting those macronutrient ratios right is key. Yeah. Proteins first. I tend to recommend for individuals who are starting a one-to-one ratio of protein to carbohydrates if they're pretty active. Yeah. And, uh, and again, as you get older, the, you want it as close to finishing your workout as possible. Yeah. What, one thing, not necessarily from, uh, I mean, obviously like extended or endurance performance athletes is kind of a different category, yeah. but is there a length of workout in which you would say don't exceed X or if you're going to do it for this amount of time that, that you would want to take something in? It's tricky. I've thought about this a lot because... What I've read is, you know, for every hour of exercise or intensive exercise, you'll need a certain amount of carbohydrates. I think it's variable for every individual. The gels have a four to one ratio of carbohydrates to protein. um, The gels, I think it is individual. Yeah. With that, especially when it comes to endurance, because there's some endurance athletes that are doing keto. Yeah. Which is, it's actually, it's, it's funny, or not funny you mention it, but interestingly, um, I remember doing uh, a cold weather trip to Kodiak, Alaska uh, in the SEAL teams um, as an instructor, actually. But some of the staff there uh, had had been in contact and cross-trained with some real fucking like balls to the wall mountaineering, like cold weather extreme mountaineering guys that had experimented with similar types of i mean i didn't you had never i hadn't heard of keto i mean mm-hmm. no, you, you wouldn't have heard it back then this was back in in the early 2000s but 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 we're basically doing that you know had had guys that had failed summiting everest or failed you know certain you know significant long long endurance type of activities that went because they were doing super high carbs and, and it was you know it's like jp5 or like high octane fuel it's great when you're constantly getting in but it it burns so fast and so hot that you know when it runs out you just fucking nose bomb right. you know it's kind of like you know high octane gas versus right. diesel fuel and so some of these guys even back then were saying you know hey we've kind of uh you know reconfigured our nutrition plan of of taking you know like they would take sticks of fucking butter with them yeah. and and so they'd take like a mountain house meal and they'd have like a fucking stick of butter in each one of them and 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 were this one of the guys in particular that was kind of a pioneer as it relates to that you know had had been able to significantly increase his performance by using you know super super high levels of fat for that mm-hmm. type of stuff but i mean to get off get off on a no, tangent no, but, but uh, definitely and also a good ratio is a a one-to-one ratio of protein to carbohydrates yeah. typically you know and then there's some Data to suggest that you don't want fat around your training. Yeah. It really depends on your metabolism and your individual biochemistry. And, and probably the, the exertion level uh-huh. as well, right? All right, best source of recommended simple sugars or sources. Whatever you want. Yeah. 
apples, fucking whatever. So that's fructose, largely fructose, simple sugars. So that would count. Yeah. Um, berries are great. They're low glycemic, high fiber, good phytonutrients. If there's three three top ones you you could recommend. Could you recommend them for simple sugars? Yeah, I would say berries are great. Any type of berry, raspberry, blueberry, uh-huh. blackberry, whatever. That's probably my top three recommendations. Yeah. You know, I'm not really big into recommending sugars for individuals. Yeah. Because it's not something that I tend to utilize unless, of course, you're an endurance athlete. And then they use powders or dextrose. Yeah. Those kinds of things. Could you list kind of a, a, a handful of carb sources that you would recommend? If- Sweet potato is great. Some individuals love oatmeal. These more clean, complex rice is great, easy to digest. On on the oatmeal and the rice, uh, does it matter steel cut versus not? Um, There's instant, which is faster absorbing, and of course, the steel cut takes longer. Yeah, it's less convenient. Uh, what about the, <laughs> exactly uh, on rice? Does it matter what kind of rice? A lot of people tolerate white rice better. Really? Uh huh. What um, what about like it would uh, basmati and jasmine and would that all fall into that same? They're all in the same. I mean, that's not they're not processed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, if they like the taste of it. Yeah. It um, works. What about stuff like uh, pastas and risottos? And I don't. Shit? I, yeah, I don't recommend that. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's bad if your calories are controlled. Yeah. But I do find people don't do as well on gluten. Yeah. So oatmeal. Uh, oatmeal, oatmeal, sweet potato. Sweet potato. Squash is great. Even white rice. White Give rice. Them a thumbs up uh-huh. on white rice. Well, yeah. Sort of. It's not really <laughs> nutrient dense. Yeah. But if you are an athlete and you need to get the carbohydrates, they could use plantains or excellent. Yeah. Cook and let them cool. Okay. Uh, nutrient timing before bed. And I, and I know that's going to be it. it fucking I don't depends, think it matters. But, yeah. Um, a lot of, I do have a lot of women who tend to eat carbs later on in the day. Mm-hmm. And those individuals that say have lost their period or wake up in the middle of the night hungry yeah or you know have you i'm sure you have got people that wake up and they're starving they should have a higher carbohydrate meal that's balanced with protein and fat before bed yeah Mm -hmm. i I know for me personally um i don't know if you're familiar with ben greenfield or not i listened to a some he seems a little fucking over the top in some ways but uh one of the things he recommended that i tried that actually it seemed to work fairly well function wise performance wise was eating almost like keto for the first or the majority of the day and then having your carb kind of load at night for sleep and for glycogen replenishment. Yes. I think that's an excellent strategy. Yeah. Okay. So there you have it. I utilize that with a lot of my patients. It's corroborated. God damn it. One of the questions is, is running an outdated modality for training. Why would you train to retreat? I'm just kidding. That's a, that's a team guy wife right there. (laughs) Fucking love it. I'm well trained. Yeah. Uh, he would say that to me when I say, come on, honey, let's go yeah. run. Who's shooting at us? Fuck you, I'm staying here. <laughs> yeah. um, How about we run It's not outdated. You should, have a, you, have good, you should have good mechanics. Yeah. But if you're built to do it and you love to do it, amazing. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I mean, to me, it's, um, I guess, cardio in general, whether it's running, rowing, what, you know, whatever is that kind of dovetailing on to the, um, the recommendation of, of primarily resistance or weight training is, I guess, how would you... Uh, couch that in terms of where it would fit into it's important it's important to have the cardiovascular capacity i recommend hit training because that is time efficient and also improves insulin sensitivity in the muscle and has a faster capacity to affect your metabolism yeah in a positive way yeah 
But it's important. They're all the, you know, our bodies were designed to move. Yeah. It's our currency. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it, it, I think like with anything is, is two things is something's better than nothing. And, and you've got to balance your shit. Like if all you're doing is lifting heavy shit and, uh, you know, low reps, high weights, whatever, you know, that, that's an imbalance. Just right. like if all you're doing is running is it's an imbalance. Right. Sugar, sugar substitutes, alternatives to it for those of us like me that have a sweet tooth. And, uh, and I'll be the first to admit, like, diet soda, as bad as it is, I fucking drink it. Oh, gosh. Um, but, uh, People go um, back and forth. I, I, I'm a new, I have a newsletter, and one of the things I sent out was a review on aspartame. Yeah. It was interesting because the data doesn't necessarily support negative effects. Mm-hmm. Personally, my experience is it can be really addictive, yeah. and it also can affect, we don't know how it affects gut microbiome. Yeah. Do we think that it in, increases sweet tooth? The data suggests that it doesn't, but my experience is that it does. Yeah. My own personal experience. Do you find that if you have it, you want more? Uh, of, of it, yes. Mm. Uh, and I think part of it is that I, I, I wouldn't say I grew up drinking it, but I, I remember the first time I ever had, uh, like my parents drank Diet Coke growing up. And so they didn't let me drink any until I was a little older. I mean, I wasn't drinking it at five or anything. But, you know, around when I was starting to be a teenager is, is when they started to let me drink some of that. Um, and so I, I kind of grew up uh, with that as a as part of my my palate, I guess. And so I've, I've drank it, you know, most of my life. Um, I find that for me, like when I eat, I don't like to have beer or wine or water, like mm. carbonated sweet drinks when I eat is what I want. I, I find myself craving that. I mean, not like to the point where it's like, I can't eat unless I have this. I mean, it's not that bad, but for sure that's my preference. I don't find that it affects my uh, desire to have sweets outside of that. Like, mm. it's not like I find, okay, and if I'm drinking more more diet soda now, I want cookies and brownies and Twinkies and shit. Uh, I just find that, that I want more of that, but I kind of always want it, you know? All right. So you're planning on giving it up tomorrow? Probably not. <laughs> uh, stevia. What about like the stevia-based um, I think sodas? they're fine. Same. They're fine. That's all right. So if you like... If, if I had to choose one or the other, I would choose a stevia-based yeah. soda. So a stevia, like a, a stevia I, fake Mountain Dew is all right. A Zevia, yeah. Yeah, all right. I, I know those it just very tastes well. like shit, though. Yeah, it does. Just hold your nose, drink yeah. it, it's fine. I mean, it, uh, t- uh, for me, it's, it's, it's too sweet. Like if, mm-hmm. if they put a little less stevia, I think it would be very good, but... Um, I don't know. That's my take on it. Not that anybody gives a shit, but any other alternatives to, uh, you know, monk fruit or fucking whatever. I mean, is there anything you can? No. I mean, I think, I think stevia is the big one. I wouldn't recommend agave. That's high in sugar. It's not really a sugar alternative. And, um, the less, you know, typically if you're, I recommend less sugar, the better. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's one of the things where I, I know, refined sugar and, and, and pick whatever they put it in, which in Christ, it's in almost everything. Um, I mean, to me, like from a cancer carcinogen mm-hmm. feeding problems, like yep. that's probably the number yes. one culprit. Would you agree? Yes, yeah. I would. Yeah. Absolutely. Excess calorie consumption yeah. uh, with excess carbohydrates is definitely a driver. Yeah. It might not be an initiation factor, but it was definitely a driver. Yeah. Uh, any natural ways to increase testosterone? Not that work. Yeah. <laughs> you mean say, that alpha male pill I got at GNC? It does isn't not work. Hard. I mean, you can sleep and get enough zinc and these things, but not that substantially work that I've seen. Yeah. 
that was one of the questions uh one of the instagram questions was a guy had stopped taking uh he'd gotten the pellets uh for testosterone replacement not a great idea and uh and and mm-hmm. stopped doing it and wanted to try to take so you say injections over mm-hmm. over the pellets yeah. can you talk about that pellets once they're in and the dose is wrong. Yeah, you're, fu- you're, you're shit scared. out of luck. There you yeah. go. If it's too high, you're fucked. <laughs> Absolutely. And if it's too and if it's too low, you're fucked. Um, but in- injections work if someone has a a poor lipid profile, so their cholesterol is high, the bad cholesterol is high, and they use topical topical transdermal gel will not only improve their testosterone but also help with their lipid profile. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is um and does that prove to be as effective as It can be. Yeah. It can be. Same kind of thing like you'd have to play with the dosage type. Yeah, and you have to rub it in certain areas and make sure that they're really well rubbed in. I'm sure you can guess what that is. It's yeah. true. So I guess the other thing too, I mean, is there any concern with like if you have young kids and them, yeah. you know, the transference is an issue. Yeah. That's interesting. Is there, I mean, I've never, never messed with it, but is there, do you know if there is a shelf life of like, once it's rubbed in, you have to wait X number of minutes or definitely should wait a couple hours. No shit. You got to make sure it's all absorbed. Yeah. The other option is the testosterone injection does not have to be in the muscle. Yeah. I recommend when my patients are taking injectable that it sub Q. Yeah. Is there, is that just from a, a, it's easier. Okay. And, and it's not just. I tend to use a mix of cypionate and propionate, and I don't give it once a week, right? Yeah. It's a few times a week. Okay. Do they make uh, patches? They do. I don't, I don't typically use those. Yeah. Same, it's kind of the same as pellets, like... No, I just... I find that either shots or cream are more effective. Yeah, okay. Magnesium supplement past 40. Somebody was asking about magnesium it. Magnesium supplement any age. Yeah. Magnesium glycinate. Would that be in the um, first... First farm, first farm, uh, multi multivitamins. I would take an extra magnesium. Yeah, as, as a base. Do, yes, yeah. I do. I recommend four to six hundred milligrams, easy. Okay. And I recommend magnesium glycinate, and that's really easy to get anywhere. Everyone should take it. If you're on testosterone, you should take it. Uh, would you throw zinc in that same category? The, that should be in a good multi. Okay. So the only thing you'd add to our foundation list is is the magnesium. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And then the last question uh, that we had, uh, we're going to punt this one, but just so that... Uh, it was a good question, but it should really be... This is E. Cradlinator. Uh says, Mike, I have a, a challenge, very personal question, and it basically highlights a collegiate athlete who has type 1 diabetes uh, and and is having some issues Um, her recommendation was for sure you need to see a a specialist yeah Uh, and I'll I'll let you Um, I think he was getting hypoglycemic in the morning yeah having a resistant starch may be something good so having a potato that you cool and have the next day Mm -hmm. or there's um, there's a the starchy like three carb fuel which is a really kind of thick waxy maze yeah can be very sustaining but the, again if you're type 1 diabetic that's something that you really want to yeah. talk with their specialists about yeah like a, a diabetes specialist for that yeah or sports specific okay. there's people that specialize in that yeah okay uh last question um biohacking uh, i read something uh just the other day that said uh they're the prediction and I mean, take it with a grain of salt, like with everything, but that was that anybody that's 40 years old or younger 
can pretty much guarantee on living for several hundred years because of this biohacking bullshit. Oh my gosh. Like, what? Uh, I mean, that's ridiculous. I guess what's your take on biohacking across the board, though? Like, there's no shortcut to hard work. Yeah. I mean, you can do things really well, and that is essential to longevity. Mm-hmm. But the concept of biohacking is a little confusing to me. Just do yeah. the right thing. Yeah. And be smart about it. Yeah. Okay. Where can uh, two things? Um, if you could kind of highlight and outline all of the all of the services that you provide and offer that that if people want to to utilize those, what are they and where where can we find you and them? Absolutely, the services that I offer. Obviously, I'm a physician. I see really one overall group of people, and those are anyone that want to get the best out of themselves. Yeah. Within that group, I see special operators, and they can contact me directly through either Instagram or my website, and I'm happy to help that community. Or they can contact a group called Task Force Dagger and express their need or their interest to work with me, and Task Force Dagger will get in touch with me. This is a foundation you should know about, which I'm sure you'll hear more about. Yeah. They offer, they have amazing services yeah. to the... Uh, Shout out to Task Force Dagger. Yeah, Task Force Dagger. You can check out their web- website. Yeah. Individuals can find me on Instagram at Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. And the same is Facebook and Twitter. And I'm in New York City. Hopefully I will have a bi-coastal office soon yeah. in San Diego. Working towards that. Yeah. Is, um is there a is is your website a good good resource to kind of read read more about what you do and, and uh, they what can you absolutely read more about what I do. And what I'm is very that? active. Oh, my website is drgabriellelyon.com, okay. okay. and I'm very active on Instagram. Yeah. Well, rock and roll. Uh, any alibis you have? Anything uh, you want to add before we uh, close up shop here? Not that I can think about. Oh, yes, one other thing. Yeah. And uh, Jason Redman wanted me to tell you hello. Oh, good. Yeah, I am part of his Speakers Bureau. Oh, sweet. So the if, Eagle Rise, right? Eagle Rise yeah. Speakers Bureau. So if anyone, I definitely come and I talk to executives yeah. and corporations about overall wellness and optimization. Do you do any kind of like workshops that you set up uh, outside of, of people bringing you in? Do you offer anything like that? I will be working with uh, Eagle Rise Speakers Bureau to help set something up. Okay. But otherwise, people usually bring me in and outline we do a day or half yeah. day or okay. lunchtime yeah sweet yeah. all right well right on any anything else shane any any input anything we missed all right i didn't fold my laundry <laughs> yes we do have some online programs coming i'm going to be launching a 28 day program and then the kind of medicine that i practice muscle-centric medicine i will be launching online education sweet for that well, uh, and will that be accessible from your website it will be okay drgabriellelyon.com as you heard it um and again we're gonna put there will be a shitload of show notes and links to all this stuff and uh, i'll certainly keep you guys abreast of the progress um that i have uh with uh, all of this stuff as well as her uh, her guidance so i'm i'm damn sure looking forward to that and i appreciate the offer it's very kind yeah uh, again, I, I cannot thank you guys enough for coming. I know it's a, a long way out here, and, and all of this information is uh, wildly valuable to our listeners, and I always like to give them uh, as much as, as I can uh, for normal layman's day-to-day shit. Uh, not so far in the weeds to where it's over their head, but not so generalized to where it's like you can figure that shit out on Google in two minutes. So I think you, you struck a great mix of, uh, of finding that happy medium. 
As always, uh, I want to thank you guys, the listener. Without your support, uh, we would not have the ability to do what we do and, and bring in phenomenal guests such as Dr. Lyon. And so uh, I appreciate your, your weekly and monthly support. Uh, go to If you want to support the podcast, go to MikeRitland.com, and there is a podcast support element there. Uh, as well as all the products that we uh, that we already offer, the CBD oil, the collar and leash, and then the crates, the dog food, um, and all the other products that will be coming online will be off of tricos.com, micritland.com. If you have a dog, go to teamdog.pet, or you can choke yourself, and then go do it. <laughs> um, and, uh, again, thank you guys. I appreciate uh, all, all of y'all's support. Uh, and until next time, this is Mike Drop. I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast, with first-hand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained, covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon. I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast, with first-hand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained, covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.